Yeah. Welcome to Heezy's World. Cause Heezy does it, I know you love it. I hear nothing of it if you deny the subject. I'm here devising up shit for me to find and hunt you. So I can defy your hunches. Cause I design with punches. These limes are rhyming bunches. You guys just find assumptions. I'm the type to try and run shit until you find the gumption. I'll lay designs, haters try and replicate it. It's a waste of time. Face it, just take a dime and place it. And maybe grind it up in the blunt. Cause your time is up. Might as well just get high as fuck or a fly. Cause you'll never be high and fly as fuck as I. Hi, my name is Heezy. The reason you can't receive it. And that's an entendre for you. So come on along, it's joyous. Welcome to another episode of Heezy's World. This is episode 126. Thank you all for joining in. What's up, Benito? What's up, Big Chris? What's happening? Oh, that was Backyard. That was Backyard Band. I'm sure they'll they'll, they'll be fine with me using their music, right? <laughs> but yeah, that was Backyard. But yes, welcome everybody. You know, all the social medias out there. Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter. YouTube and the such, welcome to another episode. This is going to be a quick one um, because, uh, well, I mean, this is going to be a quick live segment. And uh, yeah, because I do have another special guest on the show. Uh, not here live with me, but after this drops, I will be dropping the in, uh, uh, conversation we had. I had a, uh, a friend of mine come on, a family friend. Uh, Chris, who is a uh, former master at arms with the Navy, also a lighting director at Zion Church, and we talked about his background in the military, and uh, yeah, I got a good glimpse in on that. I was uh, very surprised at what I heard, but you guys will check that out. Um, and yeah, I just want to say thank you all for tuning in and such, and it's been really good. It's been really great. Getting a lot of, a lot of views lately. It's pretty cool. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, all I can say is I'm pretty good I'm in one of those moves today. Like, I don't know. I don't know. What's 
this this thirty year old shit's going on. It's like, like a little while ago. I'm not happy with my choices, by the way. But a little while ago, I was hungry and I just didn't know what to eat. It was really driving me crazy. It's like, what is this? What's wrong with me? Why am I turning into a girl? And I don't know, just was in a mood where I just felt like I ate everything in the world and I needed to try something new. And then I thought about calamari and I was just like, well, that's, that's very far from here. Can't get that anywhere. I don't know, I'm just like, I don't know. It's like I'm a, I have a rich kid mentality, but I'm not rich. <laughs> like this shit, should, should, I, should, I, I demand seafood quickly. But yeah, man, I don't know. It's just, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get motivated to get back in the gym, and that shit ain't working out. It's, uh, it's like I be wanting pieces to fall in place and shit, and it's just not working out. I'm trying to get it together, but um, slowly but surely, it's like I have to get completely disgusted with myself before I start working out, and it's just, it's just so backwards. It's like I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm so American. <laughs> no offense. Well, actually, all offense. Because we could be better. But anyway, I don't have much to say. Um, I know today was a very laid-back-ass day. Played Madden today, and I, you know, got mad today, actually. It was only my fault. I was just playing really stupidly, and I just lost a lot of crucial games, and Usually I talk trash, and I talk trash before I won, and I lost at the last minute, and I definitely got an earful. But yeah. What's up, Beta? What's up, y'all? But anyway, alas, I don't know. It's, you know, it, it could be a lot of what I read in the news, and we're going to get on that. Because, guys, of course COVID-19 is ravaging our lives, whether it be physically, socially, mentally, um, rectally, I don't know. Everybody has different problems. <laughs> but yes, COVID-19. But uh, yeah, it's not rectally, but uh, digdastardly. <laughs> I don't even know what that word means. I've heard it somewhere, though. But yes, according to gizmodo.com and other publications, COVID dick. COVID dick, everyone. COVID dick is real. I had to look this up. I had to I had to go to Snopes. I had to go to Snopes, y'all. If I go to Snopes.com to tell you what's true and what's not, according to the internet. It's like, it's like if the internet, it's like the the Washington Redskins. It's just like if we, um, the way we um, hired our own investigator. That's what Snopes is, if you ask me. But anyway, COVID dick, guys. Oh, my goodness. I could not believe it. And why didn't they tell me this early? I would have been got vaccinated. <laughs> um, but, uh, yes, COVID dick. Let me find the article here. <clears throat> Let me learn to look straight as I talk here, guys. <clears throat> Stay tuned, guys. Sadly, COVID dick is real. This is the name of the article. It seems we can add sexual dysfunction to the long list of unexpected and unpleasant effects of the coronavirus. Thankfully, this doesn't appear to be a common occurrence, and there are some potential remedies that those afflicted can try. Stay tuned for that. So this week, some How to Do It podcast <clears throat> discussed an anonymous letter from a writer who was suffering from what's come to be known as COVID dick. 
The writer, who identified as a heterosexual man in his 30s, said he had gotten very sick and was hospitalized from COVID-19 last July. After he was discharged, he began experiencing erectile dysfunction. Though his symptoms did improve, did improve after seeing a doctor that the man reportedly was left with a glaring reminder of his ordeal. Describing himself as above average in penis size before COVID-19, he said that his penis had now shrunken about 1.5 inches and that he had become that he had become decidedly less than average. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. That's crazy! Guys, oh my god. What? Why would they're talking about getting the flu and getting sick and, and losing taste and appetite with dick shrinkage? You tell me that's going around? You can pass that to me? Oh my god, I would fucking... Like, oh, wh where are the studies? Where, this is what I'm talking about. Science is slow. I just woke up too, guys. I'm not as, uh, but I'm still dumbfounded and flabbergasted by this amazing news. Yeah, what, yeah, it's serious. It's very fucking serious, guys. COVID dick. Now, other than losing um, penis size, you also, you know, lose a little bit of function. And this couldn't affect ladies as well. Let me keep reading. Uh, a study this past November, for instance, found that men with COVID-19 were about three times is likely to develop a new case of ED than those who didn't catch COVID-19. Some research has suggested that the risk may be nearly six times higher, yet other estimates are smaller. Some suggesting around a 20% increased risk. A small percentage of people with long COVID, I'm not even sure what that means, <laughs> including women have also reportedly reported sexual dysfunction as one of their symptoms. And sometimes ED can indeed link to shrinkage, especially if it's caused by physical damage and scarring that causes the penis to stop becoming regularly erect. <sighs> you know, I, I, I read this article days ago, and I went over it with myself, and I'm not going to give you my initial reaction, because that would indicate certain things. However, <laughs> this is indeed curable and not... Uh, uh, you know, everlasting, you know, it still can happen to us men and, you know, beginning at a 70 years old and shit like that, even earlier, if you're not taking care of yourself and working out uh, naturally. And this is, this is probably why I was depressed and why I'm not, you know, I'm not working out. I'm not like motivated enough to work out. Like, come on, penis shrinkage is on the rise right now. And, um, yeah. <laughs> hey, this is just serious. I'm laughing now, but I'm telling you, I was crying earlier. <laughs> but um, at the same time, it's like, you know, the vaccine is only for... It's like, there's no hiding from this shit. COVID is spreading. Vaccine ain't saving you from the COVID. It's only saving you from dying from the COVID. So that's like, ah, you know, I'd rather die than to get a fucking penis shrink. <laughs> I'm telling you, a lot of men would agree with me. I'm really sure of this. Um... But yes, age by far is the largest risk factor. Uh, wow, you heard that dyslexia? The largest risk factor for ED, which is much as 70% of men experience some level of it by their 70s. So take that in mind, men. Hopefully science paves the way on that note. <clears throat> I'm sure there's a lot of 70-year-olds who like a vaccine for their penis right now. <clears throat> no offense. Honestly, I don't know why God would be like that. <laughs> But yeah, that's crazy, guys. I don't know what to say. Um, he got that. <laughs> I, I wish I could see the comments. Let me pull up one of these social medias here. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, so 
I know, ladies, you guys can use this joke. Please don't use it on me. Uh, I, you know, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not. Some men are very sensitive about these type of things, and you know, I wouldn't go out there saying, "Oh, you got that COVID dick." <laughs> That'll really hurt somebody's feelings. I'm serious. Uh, but um, alas, I have uh, <laughs> cured mine. So now, joking, joking, joking. Psych, psych, nah, psych, nah. Psych, psych. Yeah, keep up with that. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, some other crazy shit's happened. Like, okay, 2022 is off to a bang. Like, literally, guys. Like, a bang in a lot of parts, like, like physically. Like, God is, like, pounding on the earth or some shit. Uh, we had, like, a rock fall off of a mountain. You know, kill some folks, unfortunately. And then we had a fucking volcano under the sea. And not to mention it snowed in the Sahara. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm still stuck on that. You know, I'm a bit of a conspiracy theorist, and I'm still stuck on the 2012 shit when everybody thought the world was gonna end or whatever we thought was gonna happen. Um, but I believe something did happen when the, you know, some people there was a theory that the polar, I forgot what we call it, polar ice caps or something. But the world changes around, so it's like it's gonna be cold in some places and hot in some places, and uh, you know, bad weather in a lot of places. I don't know, but something to monitor and it's kind of happening again um the sahara desert shit like it snowed you know it gets like as hot, hot as 146 degrees out there and it's cold as probably like 23 degrees at night however they don't usually have snow last until the day and that happened over the week and you know that's fucking crazy and then this fucking volcano under the water you know i didn't think that can happen luckily well we still don't know there's an island near the Tonga Island or Tonga volcano not I forgot I didn't really look it up but um I don't know y'all y'all think it's not we forget these things or I don't know maybe I'm just paying attention to these things shit always happens but I don't know you know I'm watching out for the weather now guys it's crazy and the weather is kind of funny um still cold though so I still you know I'm not a big uh you know, we talk about climate change, but I'm not a big uh, global warming fan. I feel like that's not that true. I mean, it's true, but not that fast. <laughs> not really coming as fast as they say. But yeah, um, yeah, crazy. So, uh, yeah, um, is my sister still in the chat? Yeah, Benita, can we call you to the top here and uh, ask me what's wrong? My, my sister's, a, uh, and, and Chris, too. The church members, you know, I don't, I'm not a real big church member. I used to be when I was a kid. And, you know, I'm still girl. And, you know, I think church is good for people. Go to church, guys. Go. But anyway, uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Come on down here and uh, talk to me real quick. <laughs> so, no, nah, there was some pastor, though. I don't know if you heard. But he, like, spit on somebody's face. A wipe spit on somebody's face. Okay, let me read it. Tulsa pastor is stirring controversy after we're seeing wiping spit on a man's verse, I'm sorry, I, <laughs> I y'all, you didn't got, you guys didn't know I was dyslexic, but, uh, uh, and he was seen wiping spit on a man's face during his sermon Sunday. Pastor Mike Todd of Transformation Church made some people in the crowd and online, and online uneasy during the demonstration as he wiped spit onto the face of another parishioner to show that parishioner, and you know, I really never knew how to say that word. <laughs> To show that receiving God's vision can sometimes be nasty. I swear to God. 
Yo, I mean, he later apologized and uh, acknowledged that it was nasty, but what compelled you, and don't say the Holy Spirit, to do some crazy shit like that? <laughs> I can clearly see. I just can't clearly talk. This happens a lot. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's pretty nasty. Uh, he posted to social media acknowledging it was disgusting when you wipe spit on another's face to illustrate a point during a sermon. That was gross. I want to validate, validate everybody's feelings. He said apologizing and encouraged people to watch the full message. I'm not watching that shit. That was a distraction to what I was really trying to do. <laughs> You're nasty. It's crazy. I don't know what the hell. But, um... The pastor wipe spit on my face. Um, did y'all see that video of that dude who came up to somebody who was sitting down and slapped him. He was in the church. He just came up and slapped him. And I was just like, yo, you don't... <laughs> I thought he should have knocked the dude out cold, but the dude got up. And I was just like, wow. But a lot of shit is happening in church. This is also 2022's related things. And, yeah, oh, got in the dude's mouth. Oh, Lord. <laughs> yes, I would backhand the reverend and pray for forgiveness. But I would not pray for forgiveness. I would be like, the God knows my heart. I mean, God knows my heart. And God knows you was foul. Kapow! <laughs> but that is crazy, yo. I could not believe it. Um, wild, wild west over here. And, um... What do I want to leave off with? Okay. This is for my... Mm, I feel a bit sexist, but I feel like I'm... I'm on the nail here. I'm on the, uh, I'm on the, uh, I'm right when I say this, that, uh, well, let me not be sexist, but the ladies who, um, oh, where'd the article go? Buy <clears throat> stuff and then return it. Oh, here it is. This is crazy, y'all. I could not believe what I read. And, you know, there's a special person in my heart who does this type of thing. And let me just say, I'm, I'm somebody, like, who buys stuff with no intention to returning it. Unless, you know what I'm saying, I spent a pretty penny and, you know, you know, I got to change this. I made the wrong purchase. I mean, areas making the wrong purchase, wrong size and shit like that. I will take things back. But it's like, uh, it's already in the house. It's already in the car. I'm not taking it back. But, um, yeah, um, returning stuff. Um, you know, and in the in the in the online world, the Amazoning of us all, you know. I mean I like to shop too, I ain't gonna lie. Amazon does intrigue my interest. I like just scrolling and be like, Oh <laughs> save to um cart. But um rarely do I ever press pay. Except on holidays. But um yes, more than a half trillion dollars that's oh, that's the sentence, sorry. Let me read better here. More than a half trillion dollars that's estimated that's the estimated value of all the stuff that U.S. shoppers bought last year, only to return it. More than the economy of Israel or Austria. That's a direct link from returns to the eye-popping scale of U.S. shopping overall in 2021. U.S. shoppers likely spent a record $4.4 trillion. Now, I don't know, you know, I know a little bit of math, but that's not good. If you're making only three-fourths of the money, I mean, okay, whatever. They're making three trillion. Okay, fuck it. <laughs> but uh we tr okay let me I'm, let me read down here because i'm not trying to read all this bullshit 
Okay, where does it all go? Take the blanket I bought on holiday sale. This is the writer talking here. Only to discover it's just too small for my new couch, so I sent it back. See, that's something I wouldn't send back. A blanket? Come on. It can go on a smaller chair. It can be a throw. You know what I'm saying? You can have it in your car. You can lay on it. You can sit on it. Stop playing. Stop. Keep it. Fucking wasters out here, man. The blanket has a very high probability of being in a landfill, says Hytendra Shaturvedi. That's a nice name. A supply chain management professor of practice at Arizona State University who estimates that 2021's returns topped $500 billion. This is what consumers don't realize. The life of a return is a very, very sad path. See, as a hippie, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? I come from the dirt, you know what I'm saying? And it's like I'm raw material, you know what I'm saying? So it's like this goes against my creed because I don't care about materials. But, you know, we are, we are raw material. We're good material. So we shouldn't waste things, waste ourselves. So I, 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 I push that forward to say we shouldn't waste materials. So when we buy things and we don't, you know, you know, and it's, I guess it's not our fault. We don't want the shit. But a lot of us, well, this is something that I've learned. This is really what I've learned. We buy things, we use it, and then we send it back. Now that is like, like if I was selling that, I'd be offended. And like, oh, these poor motherfuckers. <laughs> buy the shit. Can I make a final sale, please? But, yes, this is a real thing if people didn't know this. And I guess it's smart on behalf of consumers. You know what I'm saying? But I'm just like, ah, well, this is this is crazy. But this is like proof of my theory that this is it's, it's a bad thing. But I guess nobody's at fault here. We're just trying to be happy and make good purchases and save our money, I suppose. You know what I'm saying? But it's like, ah, this for a person like OC, with OC, with made up OCD, you know what I'm saying? This is like, ah. Can we can we finish things? Can we be final about ourselves? You know what I'm saying? That shit kind of kind of it just blows me. It, it, it eats at me for some reason. But hey, it's not my money, right? Um, <clears throat> but anyway, this is the thing. It ends up going to the, the landfill. I'm just gonna uh, what's the word? Paraphrase here. But basically, yeah, the shit goes to the trash. Now, it's um, it's aware. People are aware of this now. Uh, consumers or the the people who sell the shit, so they there's more like thrift stores are being more readily available to pick up the shit when it goes to waste and all this. But at the same time, guys, can we just you know, I, the more I say it out loud, the more it's like okay, I understand why I sound crazy. But it's like come on, come on, man. <laughs> but whatever, I'll move on from that. And then my last story here, man. Feel the rhythm, feel the rhyme. What time is it? It's bobsled time. Guys, Jamaica is back in the motherfucking Olympics, in the Beijing Olympics. Now, now, now is this an old article? Because I thought, I thought the Beijing Olympics already happened. <laughs> now that I think about it. Let me read this article for you guys. Let me try to do a Jamaican accent. By Scott Stump. Nearly 30 years after Cool Runnings became a feel-good hit movie in time for a reboot, the Jamaican four-man bobsled team is back in the Winter Olympics for the first time in decades after qualifying for a spot in next month's competition in Beijing. <laughs> it marks the first time the four-man Jamaican team has earned a berth in the Winter Olympics since the 1998 Games in Nagano. The famous origin story... <laughs> 
in their journey from the small island nation to the winter, first Winter Olympics in Calgary in 1988 was the subject of the 1993 movie Cool Runnings. Yes, man. Oh. <laughs> oh, man. How's my Jamaican accent doing, guys? <laughs> I'm Caribbean, so I can do this. Um, but, uh, yes. Um, Team Jamaica is back. Okay, they also made history. History by qualifying in three different bobsled events for the first time. Four-man, two-man, and the new women's monobob event. The team could also potentially compete in the two-woman bobsled event as an alternate if a qualifying team drops out. The four-man roster for Jamaica has not been announced yet, but the sled is expected to be piloted by... Sha <laughs> Yo, I'm, I thought... Uh, sorry, I'm laughing at the name I shouldn't. <laughs> But the sled is expected to be piloted by Sean Wayne Stephens, who, ex who, was, who has competed with push athletes Matthew... I'm not saying all these names. But hey, yo, Jamaica's back, and um, I have a reason to watch the uh, Winter Olympics. Because um, I don't watch the Winter Olympics. But it's cool, man. It's a nice story. I love that movie. I actually did not realize that the shit was real. I thought that shit was just like a made-up thing. But, you know, I was a kid. Come on. I was uh, seven? Six, but that was pretty. Uh, it's pretty cool. Um, that's all I guess. <laughs> I'm gonna note that my accent really tripped y'all out because I might start using that more. Cause I thought I did pretty well. If you ask me, don't you know now? <laughs> oh yes, but that's all, guys. I don't know if I missed anything, but if you can talk about it real quick in the comments, I'll chat about it real quick. But uh. Essentially, guys, yes, that's the end of this live ep this live segment. Please check out the rest of the episode. I'm gonna post it on the, all the streaming platforms. You can't name one that doesn't have Heezy's World on it. Uh, let me tell you, I was googling, I was googling Roheezy, and I was like, oh, there's other fucking Roheezys ahead of me on Google. Now, if you put Heezy in there, I'll pop up, or Heezy's World for sure, I'll pop up. But a lot of Roheezys out there not doing more than me ahead of me, so. I'm going to need Google to get the algorithms to fucking together. But anyway, I love you all, and I hope you love each other. And uh, I'll see you next, I'll see you Sunday. Remember, I'm doing live shows now on Wednesday nights and Sunday mornings. Uh, Sunday 11.30, uh, Sunday 11.30, and Wednesday's 9.30 as well. But yes, uh, you know, feel the rhythm, feel the rhyme. What time is it? It's time to end the show, guys. <laughs> See you later. Yes, check out um, my special guest. Uh, yeah, I haven't made a title yet. I'm trying to think of something crazy and and, 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 and smooth, but uh, I don't know. But anyway, see you guys later. I love you, and yeah, good night. All right, welcome back to another episode of Heezy's World. This is episode 126. Good Lord, 126. <laughs> yes, nice, yes, nice. sir. I got another special guest on here, my good friend Chris. Uh, What's up, everybody? Yeah, family friend, um, uh, husband, father, um, lighting specialist. Lighting director. Lighting director with Zion mm -hmm. Church. And I, I had to look on your Facebook. Master, a, a former master, master at arms, arms. Yes. with the police, Navy. Police, better known as a police officer. Another word for that's all it is. Oh, okay. Just okay. in the military's version of, or the Navy's version of a police officer. Same thing. 
Oh, okay, okay, okay. So yeah, uh, so Chris, me and Chris pretty much talk about, most we talk about is like, well, now Washington football <laughs> right, shit, pretty right. much. We just chop it up and shit. We used to, um, you definitely been to a lot of my parties. A lot of parties. So you can definitely attest to how crazy it can get. Well, considering <laughs> that your sister is how I met my wife, so yeah, I've been part of your family for a very long time. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. With, uh, uh, being married to another one of my sister's right. friends. That's yes. what's up. Yeah. <laughs> I think that is very cool, too. <laughs> I like how we keep it all in the family. We just keep it all in the family. Yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> makes, it, makes the transition so easy. It makes it so easy, for sure. <laughs> and, every, and how are you doing, matter of fact? You know, I'm doing good. You know, it's uh, COVID has me basically still working from home for the last two years. Um, True. So, like anybody else, I think I've been in my job twice, no, three times in the last three years. Twice to get a new computer. And once to get a new ID card. You know, I, and right after the pandemic started, I had to go get some stuff out of my office. But other than that, I work from home. I always find it interesting because it's like when I hear people who work from home, it's like, I guess when it's new to people, it's like, oh, yeah, I love working from home. But now I'm hearing like a tone where it's like, I'm kind of over this. Well, because, I mean, working for NIH and working for the government, I've always had one telework day a week. Mm-hmm. So it's not something that's foreign to me. But... The schedule, it's a mundane schedule if you don't have a lot of work to do. It's just basically, I call my computer a leash now. It's just more of a <laughs> leash than it is anything. It's just to make sure I'm there, True. that I'm checking to make sure that I'm, I'm doing my work, and that's about it. So, what I say is, oh, it's old, but mm. do, I, do I miss the drive or the commute? Nah. Hey, man, I, I think it's good. If man. I can do my work in my boxers and nobody can say nothing and see me on video, <laughs> we're good, you know. <laughs> That's what's up. Did you ever have to, <laughs> like, did you ever have a meeting and you pulled the uh, tie in the shirt with the boxers? <laughs> no. No, actually, that's funny. I haven't. Basically, it, with NIH, you don't need to be on camera. You you don't have to be on camera unless somebody really wants you to. And then I had working for Zion. Mm-hmm. We're a casual church, so there's no shirt and tie. So I can basically be in boxes as long as I got a t-shirt on and look decent up here. No, ain't nobody really gonna say anything. But I mean, I, I wear shorts. I don't really do the boxes. <laughs> I thought about it. Don't get me wrong. I thought about it, but I'm just I'm afraid I might get up and move. And somebody be right. like, "Dude, are you in boxes?" Man, I don't, yeah, don't need that. Don't need that fame in my life. Right, 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 right. <laughs> I mean, I would love to work from home, though, man. I don't know, but I, it's whatever. Yeah, I feel like it's the future, but we'll see. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was gonna focus more on the military life, but um, let it let's 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 talk about the uh, lighting directors side okay. of you because you've been dealing with a lot of stars lately, as far as I understand. Like I've seen you with uh, the Isley Brothers. Last year I did the Isley Brothers, Peebo Bryson for all the old anybody that's older. <laughs> I got a parent that know Peebo Bryson, uh-huh. Brian McKnight, um, and I did Belladonna. Hmm. That's my second time doing Belladonna. And then I'm primarily known for doing the gospel world. So a lot of yeah. the stars that I do are a lot of gospel. Ty Tribbett, Fred Hammond, Kurt Franklin. I did Kurt Franklin and Ty Tribbett last year. That's what's up. Um, you know, at my church, along with some other people. So lighting is my passion. Um, mm-hmm. My nine to five with the, with the government is a job. It's a check, as I say. Mm-hmm. But my passion is really lighting. Um, and c- computer graphics, because a lot of what I do has computer graphic uh elements to it as well as lighting so that's okay. my passion that's what i that's what gets me up in the morning that's and seeing up. them checks when they come in it may, really makes me say okay yeah i'm gonna go to work today i really <laughs> want to work today what made you want to get into that that's a funny story mm-hmm. um at zion was the drummer for a few years 
I was getting burnt out. They wanted to go in a different direction, and it all happened literally at the same time, which was perfect for me. Was lost money because you know I, lost I forgot life. you were the, dr- uh, the drummer. Yeah, like shit, that's, damn. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that was really where I, I thought that was where my life was going to go. I was looking to be a musician, and that was it. Uh-huh. But in 2014, as a matter of fact, right before Sarah and I got married, um, we had already been engaged. We were engaged like six or seven months, and I just said, "I'm done. I don't want to drum anymore. I just I lost the passion." And they wanted to go with a new group of musicians and a new sound, so I was on board. Mm-hmm. So they put me in a kiddies church, a little kiddies church, set up the kiddies church. And they gave me some lights, and they were like, all you got to do is set them up. They don't do nothing. They just need some color. I was okay. like, okay. So I just plugged in. I didn't have to do nothing. I sat there all day long watching kids, and I was just like, okay, this isn't fun anymore. <laughs> and then somehow one of the girls who worked in the sanctuary called me up, and they were like, yeah, we don't have somebody to do the sanctuary lights today. Can you come over? Okay. And literally, they were like, we don't know how to work this, but we know this does this, this does this, and this does that. And basically, I did the service. No lights went out. People could see. Everything was good. And then I went home and watched YouTube videos for like six months. That's all I did. It was like, how do you do this? Oh, wow. And then my, my lighting godfather, as I call him, is Raheem Devon and Ryan, uh, Lauren Hill's lighting director. And he um, named Keith Bernard, and he was like, Started just giving me jobs. He started giving me this job and then this job and this job. And I was just like, wow. And okay. then from 2016, 2007, I actually would say 2017 to now, I've just, I'm working my butt off and love it. So That's what's up, man. I, I especially like the fact that you can have one passion, drop it and pick up another. That's like, that's good. It's like, keep I never thought I was going to be a lighter. That was a lighting designer. That was never in my cards. I was like, oh. I'm gonna be a musician. It shows you that that's see that's and that's something big for I mean, I kinda know this now, now that I'm getting older, but right. it's more like when you put your hands on different stuff, like you never know what you'll fall in love with sometimes. Mm-hmm. So that's that's an important key right there. For me and for everybody else who's listening. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah, that's what's up, man. Um yeah, so if anybody I don't know, are you would you have services like that? <laughs> what do you mean? Like like, you know, you're doing stuff on the side like mm-hmm. that. Would you ever, like, have your own business like that? Or I mean, is it established or? I technically do. The only difference is I don't have gear. Like, I, oh, if, okay, you, if okay. a church or a facility has their own gear, which majority of the places that I go to have their own stuff, and then I just go in and just use their gear and do the shows or whatever. Okay. But I also do consulting work, too. So it's not all just, like, pushing buttons, making shows. I also set up a few churches. I've done a few churches and businesses where they want lighting for whatever, for especially churches, they want lighting for their church. So I go in, figure out what they want, see if they already have stuff and how we can add to it because I'm a person, I don't try to break your bank if I don't have to. Um, so I try to see what they have. If they have some stuff, I'll try to add to it. If they don't have anything, mm-hmm. then we start from the ground up. But you're always trying to look at, you know, it's just anything about business. You look at, you know, what their budget is and then you try to fit what you can in their budget. Some people have big budgets, some people have small budgets. A church I'm doing now has a big budget, so mm-hmm. I can give them a little bit more and do a little bit more than I have done in the past for some other churches whose budgets aren't just as big. So okay. it all depends. It all depends. But yeah, I, if you go on my Facebook page, hit me up. I actually have a Facebook page under for my lighting called Ace Lighting. Ace Lighting? Yeah, if you go on Ace Lighting. A-C-E? A-C-E. This is named after my kids, Avery, Christian, and Elizabeth. Those oh, are three okay. of my kids, so That's what's I up. named it after them. <laughs> That's what's up. Right. Okay. Um, yeah, check them out. Um, so yes. Uh, so military, explain this to me. So I'm I'm more focused on this because this is something like you know my brother was in the military. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I have my thoughts on it, but it's like, uh, I was about to say immature, but just, I don't have, I have like opinionated thoughts, not nothing based off knowledge or information, but it's like for people that want to get in or, or I guess maybe to answer some questions on how it maybe treats you or what it's like or whatever. Um, so could you quickly kind of explain the different branches? So there are technically five branches, but we really consider it's weird because four fall under the Department of Defense and one falls under the Department of Transportation. I'll get to that in a second. Oh, wow. Four branches are Army, Navy, Marines, Air Force. Okay. However, Army, Air Force are separated, meaning that they have their own... If you ever hear people say um, the... Uh, I'm drawing the Secretary of the Army. They have a Secretary of Defense. There's a Secretary of the Army. Mm-hmm. There's a Secretary of the Air Force. But then there's a Secretary of the Navy who covers both the Navy and the Marine Corps. The Navy is basically the Marines are our little brothers. They hate us to say that, but that's basically how it works. The, the Marines fall under the Navy. So anything, if you look at when it comes to their big boss, the Department of the Navy is their big boss. So they don't, they're not, they are a separate branch, but they fall underneath the Navy. And then the last one is the Coast Guard, which actually falls under the Department of Transportation. They're not even a military branch. They're a Department of Transportation, even though they are the military, but who they answer to is the Department of Transportation. Okay, okay. I did not know that. Okay. Yeah, that's, um, that's a little known. A lot of people don't know that about the branches that the Coast Guard is technically not a military branch of the Department of Defense. It falls under the because of what they do. So I was, because it was funny, I was just thinking about this today. I I, I thought uh, the Marines and the Navy were together, and then somebody was like, nah, there's two different branches. They are two different branches. They are technically, we have four branches, and they are one of the four. They okay. are, but how it looks when it comes to the their structure, they fall under the Department of the Navy. Okay. So how did you get involved? Oh, I didn't want to go to college. In 19, <laughs> 1995, when I graduated, I was done with school. I was True. like, fuck school. I don't want to do no more school. Um, so it was more like you were I was Well, and plus my parents were like, my parents never made me feel like, oh, college was something for me. Like, they made me feel like, yeah, you might not, you might want to look at a different <laughs> avenue, a different uh, uh, lane, because I'm not sure that this is the perfect lane for you. They didn't say it like that, but... <laughs> I caught hints, and I was just like, okay, y'all not going to pay for college. I ain't smart enough to get these kind of uh, uh, scholarships and grants. And, and, and actually, in actuality, I could have done more, I, even if had I tried just a tad bit more, because I knew guys who were worse off than me in school, but they all went to college. So I was like, how Man, did, I swear, that's one of the things. How did y'all go to college? <laughs> y'all were... And, and still today. Right, and I'm like... <laughs> But I don't, so it, it, I think for me, I just got late. By 11th grade, I got lazy. I mean, because mm-hmm. 11th grade, I had made up my mind. I was already true sold on the fact, you know, by 11th grade, you generally know if you're going to go to college or whatever you're going to do. And I was just like, yeah. So basically, I got lazy and just did everything not to go to school and just prep to go into college or go into the military. Well, you didn't choose a lazy choice. <laughs> no, I didn't choose a lazy choice, of course, but yeah. So what made you choose the Navy? Um... Honestly, I had an uncle who passed away who had who died in 1985. Yeah, 85 or 86. Mm-hmm. Um, we were he was the the baby of all my father's siblings. He was the baby of the of the siblings. 
So he and I were closer in age. I would think there's like less than 15, like 15 year gap between he and I when he was alive. Okay. So he treated me like a big brother. He took me everywhere. We put, we used to play football with a rolled up sock. And it was the coolest thing. I thought it was the coolest thing. We would go out and get this thick sock and just throw it around like it was a football. For some odd reason, I thought that was the greatest thing since sliced bread. It sounded like the black version of the hockey sack. Right, right. It's the black version of the hockey sack. Right? And, and then me and my little cousin, we, it was just the greatest thing because we were all close. So, um, But he died, but he was in the Navy. Mm-hmm. And then I had an aunt that lived with my mom and my stepdad. Um, and my, well, me too. Mm-hmm. And they had, um, he had been in the Navy. So I had had a few uncles that were in the Navy, but I also had a couple uncles that were in the Army. Okay. But my mom kind of got involved when I wanted to go into them. I honestly wanted to go into the Marines, but my mom was like, heck no, nah, nigga, no, <laughs> no, no, no. Can I ask why? Because I heard... No, I just, I heard my first thing my mother thought was that anybody who was, on a, who was a Marine was going to automatically die. That was the oh, thought. Okay. Everybody... Everybody, when I grew up, thought that if you were a Marine, you were going to be the front line. We went to war. You were the first ones on the front line. Mm. So my mom was like, "If I, you, you ain't 18 yet, so I still got to sign this paperwork, which was true because I went into delayed entry. So I went in, signed at 17, but I couldn't go in until 18. Oh, wow. But my mother had to sign for me. So anything I did, I had to have my basic, my mother had to be the approver of it. And if she, so she was like, there's no Marines, mm-hmm. and you could probably scratch the Army. So basically, I was left with basically the Marine, or the uh, Air Force, or the Navy. I didn't know much about the Air Force. And honestly, now, back looking at it, I probably would have chosen the Air Force. Going, Given the redo again, I would have chosen the Air Force over the Navy. <laughs> um, they have prettier, ba- they have nicer bases. And for those in radio world and who's hearing this, I know this is wrong, but I'm going to say it anyway. The Air Force got some of the prettiest girls in the world. Good <laughs> God, I'm like, man. Air man. Force, okay. When I went to Guam and I had to go on the Air Force base, I was mad. I was like, first I'm married, and there are a lot of pre. There about fifty yards to the one that we got on our base. That's how bad it was. Bad. It was. So when when did you go in? September twenty fifth, nineteen ninety five is the day I joined. That was my first day of boot camp. Yes, wow. I remember that date to the to the to the hour. But yes, September twenty fifth, nineteen ninety five. Parents. Um, they, yeah, they uh oh no, we stayed at a hotel, so they picked me up on a Sunday night. Um, out went to church, picked me up. As a matter of fact, Washington had the, the Washington Redskins at the time mm-hmm. had a game, and I couldn't watch it. And I was pissed mm-hmm. because I had my recruiter was coming to pick me up after church mm-hmm. to take me to the hotel because you gotta go to stay at a hotel um, before you go, and then they send you from the hotel to you to the processing station where you actually do your oath and everything and then from the processing station is to the airport from the airport to the airport to the other airport to boot camp literally wow. that's how I went so um, they uh, picked me up on a Sunday got to the hotel sidebar story being a little this is when I realized that I was going to be a freak and I didn't know it <laughs> so they okay. put they put us in two they put a, they, a guy they put it's a twin bed hotel everybody's in a twin we were in Columbus Baltimore, Columbia. We were near Columbia. Uh-huh. So they got me in this room with this other guy. And basically, you're all, whoever you sleep with, or not sleep with, but whoever you bunk with or share a room with, you guys are going in the same branch, going to the same place. Uh, okay. So he was going into the Navy. I was going into the Navy. Probably we're going, we, we weren't in the same division, but we went to the, we were on the same plane ride to uh, Great Lakes, Illinois, where boot camp is. Okay. The night before, we're all just like 18-year-olds. All, pretty much everybody's 18, 19, 20-year-olds. We're running around hotel. Now, <laughs> girls had their own room. They had a security guard that sat in the middle of the, of the, of the outside of the, of the hotel or uh-huh. on the floor that all the military people were on. 
the women were on this side, the men were on this side. His job was to sit here. Well, we we bucked them rules. <laughs> Long story short, I hooked up with this chick. Yes, I know. <laughs> Met her, hooked up with her. I know wrong. Fast wrong. forward, <laughs> how about she was on my my very first ship? Oh, she shit. was the first female I saw on my boat. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> and then she had the nerve to tell everybody what we did. I was like, I don't want to oh, right. Told everybody. Oh. She, like, she, she, she locked your ass. I was like, yo! <laughs> That's bad. <laughs> anyway, but so, no, forever. But so, I went to, I, I went in, went to boot camp, uh, September, well, yeah, September 25th. So, boot camp is a process to actually, so, so basically, like they, you basically, checking you out. What boot camp is, is they break you down to build you back up. It's oh, okay. to break you down from civilian world and build you up into military world. Oh, okay. It's, that's all it literally is. It's, it's, to take away your knowledge, your thinking of what it is to be a civilian and conform to what is being in the military and the military way of doing things, the way you talk, the way you walk, the way you uh, fold your clothes, the way you make your bed, mm-hmm. the way you uh, you wear your clothes. I mean, it's it's uh, so many things in boot camp. Basically, the first day you get there, it's your drill instructor in your face, these two drill instructors in your face. And I went to the old school Navy, mm-hmm. 1995. They were still doing the stuff they were doing in the 70s. Maybe have been a little bit dialed back, but they were saying and doing stuff that they can't do no more today. Like, <laughs> I, it's a gentler, friendlier, kinder Navy now than when it was in 1995. 95, all I remember is we got to boot camp at like, I got off the plane from um, O'Hare Airport, drove to Great Lakes, hmm. got to Great Lakes like at 7.30 in the, at night. What was going through your mind as all this is happening? When I first got off, I didn't know what to think. First, I had just gotten off my very first plane ride, and I didn't die. So I was I was happy about that. So I was <laughs> processing that information. That's true. Then they give you like $15 in vouchers to go get food. So you go eat, and you're seeing different people, and you're talking to people, and everybody's like, oh, yeah, blah, blah, blah. So you're everybody that I was hanging around was all Navy folks, so mm-hmm. some I was going to see later on that were going to be in my division, some I would never You're see only again. 18. I was only 18. Wow. So I'm nervous as hell. Now, by the time, now when we get on the bus to go from O'Hare Airport to uh, Great Lakes uh, Recruit Training Command, or RTC, that, that ride was really a lot of self-reflecting for about the 30, 40-minute <laughs> ride that it was. I think it was. Yeah, I was starting to go, wait a minute. <laughs> this nigga, is... nigga, do you know what you're doing? <laughs> do you know what's going on? Do you know Man. who? You know you can't call mommy and daddy. <laughs> mommy and daddy can't have and save you. Uh. Okay. Uh. Couldn't imagine yo. Not at 18 either. So I'm good. So the ride, I'm, I, I've self-reflected. I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm good. I'm not gonna stress. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Get to Great Lakes, and next thing I know, this old salty. <laughs> could tell he smoked and drank. He was drinking coffee when he came in the room. Uh huh. It was like we finally got in our beds. It was two thirty in the morning when we finally went through getting haircuts, getting our uniforms, and all of that. So it's like two thirty in the morning. We got to get up at six, which we don't know yet. Mm. They don't tell us. They just tell us go to bed. Oh, you get some sleep. They set us up. They didn't tell us you're gonna sleep for two. You're gonna sleep barely two hours, and we're gonna wake you up. Now they didn't tell us that. All I remember is I'm I'm out. I want a top rack. Ain't no railing. I'm praying to Jesus I don't fall out this bed because I'm a wild sleeper. Mm. All I remember some goes. Get the fuck up! Oh, man. He threw the trash can. Now, mind you, the, the room can fit 45 racks on both on, on both sides all the way down. Oh, 
Okay. He throws a trash can from the beginning and it goes all the way to the 45th rack at the other end. That joker just goes, go, 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 doom, 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 doom. I am sitting up here and then there's a guy behind him who's a chief. Now, when I remembered that the chief was supposed to be the man in charge of the person that was doing all the yelling, mm-mm. The one that was doing all the yelling was junior to this guy, but the guy who was superior to him, oh, now he wasn't just being quiet. Oh, he was calling me every name in the book. He was calling us fuck face, shit face, piece of shit. I was like, what the hell? They're in their, they were talking about our mamas. They are talking about, I mean, and now I'm, I can't go nowhere. What the fuck did I just do? Man. What did I just mistake that I just made? And then you go to lunch or you go to breakfast and you just see the rest of the people who are looking just like you. <laughs> and they call us Smurfs when you first walk in because you don't they don't give you your uniforms. Okay. For your first week, you get to walk in a navy uniform that's literally navy blue with a big N on the front that says stands for navy and a big N on your pants. So you're Smurfs. So everybody knows if you're wearing that, you just got the boot camp. You brand new off the boat. You, it's almost like a slave that just got to, you a brand new wet behind you is don't know nothing and they about to get into your behind and uh, it was the first six I was there it's eight weeks of boot camp well for me it was nine because mm. I got set back a week I fell asleep on watch oh, they pulled my man. wisdom teeth out around the fifth week and I had dry sockets so they had to pack my mouth with gauze and I was taking a towel out with codeine but they knew I was going to yeah but somebody decided that they wanted to be a smart ass and put me on the watch bill and the drill, my RTC, my guy who was in charge of us, knew that I was on it, but even saw the watch bill and said, oh, yeah, okay, that's good. Needless to say, I fell asleep. Mm. I get a, I get called out, did you fall asleep? I was like, yeah, I wasn't supposed to be on the watch bill. I'm on Tylenol with Codeine. You guys knew. Uh. Oh, yeah, you, we did, though. But you fucked up. So they basically still put it on me and sent me back a week. Damn, man, that's... I mean, shit, that's fucked up. <laughs> I was like, wow. So I had to go back to another division. Then I go into a division with a chief that was a black guy who was an asshole. His face, just when you looked at him, just said asshole. He just, <laughs> his face, he didn't have to say a word. He just looked pissed off at the world. Like, he could not figure out a way to make his face smile. He just, there was no way to make him. He was an asshole from the day I walked in the room. And I was like, I got three more weeks of this shit with this asshole. And he was an asshole to the day we left. The day we left, we had already graduated. When you graduate, there's a rule. When you graduate, we're not going to make you what they call beating you, which is doing a bunch of calisthenic push-ups, sit-ups, jumping jacks, eight-count body, but that's called beating. Mm. Um, and we had, was, we had a guy called the Rainmaker. And the Rainmaker, what he would do is he cut in all the showers in your room and shut all the windows, put all the racks back, and make you work out for an hour. By the time you finish working out, because he's cut on all the showers at hot, hot, hot water, Yeah. The it's ceilings are now, just... is this condensation just pouring down. You're sweaty, and there's condensation in your room. Looking like literally it's now raining in your room because of the condensation. Because that's why he was called the rain. Yeah, that's the kind of shit I went through in 1995 as a fucking 18-year-old. Fresh off out of high school. I was like, what the hell? And, uh, yeah, so they literally beat us to the day we left boot camp. We got in trouble, and we watched the movie. Mm -hmm. They showed the Black Panther. The movie The Black Panther with a bunch of black folks and white folks. If you know anything about the Black Panthers, it's about a militant black group of people from the 70s. You do not show that with a bunch of guys who are not even 21 yet. Yeah, no bull, damn. Literally, 
before we all go home, everybody is now in camps. Like, white folks is now feeling like, fuck you, black folks. Black folks is like, fuck you, white folks. And I'm in the middle, like, I love all y'all. I'm not, I'm not biased to anybody. And we got in trouble, then something else happened, and our, our, this asshole made us, the day before we leave boot camp, beat us for an hour. I was like, nigga, what the fuck? Damn. Are you that ma- are you that mad? On the last day. The last day. <laughs> the last. What a send off. <laughs> Don't worry about it. I gave him my send off too on the bus when I flipped him off, <laughs> and he saw it. I didn't care. Where, where was this? Uh, where were you? Where was this boot camp? Uh, uh, Great Lakes, Illinois, which is right outside of Chicago. Oh, okay. It's one. Of, it's right near the the five the five Great Lakes. That's why it's called Great Lakes. Were you? Where were you living back then? Uh, on them, on them in the barracks. What the fuck? No, I mean, like, oh. uh, where, like uh, so I'm trying to figure out where you... Oh, where I came from? Oh, yeah. from here. Oh, I was living in... Uh, my parents, we were living right... We were living by Friendly High School. Oh, okay. So you were still here. Okay. Yeah, I was here. Oh, okay. And then I went to boot camp when it was in Chicago. Oh, okay. Um, and then you joined the Navy. Joined the Navy, did boot camp, and then went to my first ship February of 2000... I'm sorry, February of 1996. I went to my I went to uh, schooling for for navigation schooling, which is boring. It's schooling. That's all it is mm. for navigation. That was eight weeks, and then I left there and went to my first ship, February of 1996, during the worst snowstorm at that time in Norfolk's history. Mm. Norfolk, Virginia. Okay, and that's where you were. Um, so how long were you there? Like basically, uh, Norfolk is in in the surrounding areas. They have different names, but totality, I was in the Norfolk, Virginia Beach area from February, from February two, uh, 1996 until August of 2001. Oh, wow. Okay. I was on two ships, two ships during that time. I was on the Destroyer for the first four years, and then the last two years I went to a amphib which carried Marines. We carried, it was a crew of about 200 of us, 250 of us, mm. and we carried almost 1,000 Marines. Wow. And their gear. And their vehicles. Yeah. How, um, yeah, I just kind of threw me <laughs> up. So, is that way, so, so how does it work? Like, you, you sign up for a certain amount of time? So, you sign up for, basically, generally, most people sign up for four years. Four years, okay. It's a four-year deal. Then you, once your time is up, you have the option of, if you, depending on how long you've been in, you have the option of, you can go reserves from, from active to reserves. So, mm-hmm. basically, you would, continue being in the military but you would be in a reserve status meaning that you would serve one week in a month two weeks out of the year okay. or during the summer you have people who did that uh, or you could literally just get out which was an honorable discharge and then there are the other ones if you get in trouble there are other types of oh, discharges okay. but for the most part you would, I re-enlisted every year so when I hit my four year mark I re-enlisted um, and re-enlisting kind of is almost like an athlete who signs a contract because you can get a bonus for re-enlisting. Oh, okay. So I think my both the first two times I've re-enlisted, um, I think I got like 425 extra. They gave me 425 dollars up front. I mean, of course, you're in the military, so to us that's a lot. But yeah, yeah. To a normal person, <laughs> when you're 21 years old, 425 dollars ain't that. It is a lot of money when you're 21. True. Um, yeah. So I yeah, did yeah. that, and then I re-enlisted a second time. Um, now, when you re-enlist, you're uh, essentially active. I'm still, yeah, still active, okay. and I'm re-enlisting to stay on active. And you can re-enlist for a certain amount of years. You can re-enlist for a full four years. Mm-hmm. You can re-enlist for three years. You can re-enlist up. The least you can do, I think, is two. The most you can do is four. Okay. 
okay. at the time. I think it was four, three, and two. Yeah, people basically it was four, three, and two. So what I did was I re-enlisted. That <clears throat> re-enlistment got me to my second ship. When it was time to go to my next ship or to go to, to the Pentagon, I left the Pentagon, but I had to re-enlist one more time to go to the Pentagon. When I left the Pentagon at the time, I was married to my daughter's mom, my, first, my oldest daughter's mom, had to re-enlist one more time because I was going overseas. So I re-enlisted a total of three times. But I had re-enlist twice early so that because of, of the situations that I was in, I had to re I didn't have a choice but to re-enlist because I only re-enlisted, I think, the first time for three years. Okay. I didn't do, I never did four. I never always did four. I always did three. Because I was like, you already gave y'all the first four. <laughs> now y'all can ride. If I want to give y'all another four, I'll give it to you. If not, screw it. Too bad, too bad. That's what's up. Um, uh, how did you imagine it before? Like, how did how, how did you perceive going into the military before and then after you got out? Was it the same? It's funny that you ask that because it's 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 kind of weird. And mine is in two phases, and, yeah, and I have to explain why. From 1994, when I first went into 2001 mm -hmm. the Navy and life was one way when 9-11 hit and because mm -hmm. of me being stationed at the Pentagon and going through and being one of the first responders for the Navy in the building mm -hmm. from September 11, 2001 to when I got out February 20, 2006 the Navy was totally different so it was two different worlds because of one situation when I first came in the Navy was what I wanted it was basically what I expected it thought it was going to be like because we were doing basically those things that we did back then, you know, or that I thought about the way we they dressed. And, but when nights, when, when, well, a couple of things happened. We started changing our uniforms. All the branches started changing their uniforms. Another thing they started doing was becoming, realizing that um, the old school military ways, not just the Navy, but all branches, wasn't going to fly anymore. And we had to, Transformed to the times because a lot of people couldn't handle being yelled at and called names and anything. Mm -hmm. So it's really changed literally how the military, right around that 01, right around 9 11 time frame, the militaries in the whole just started changing. You had to be, you couldn't be rude anymore. You couldn't just speak your mind. You had to. And it's funny because I'm hearing now, I'm hearing certain things in the news now about the military being woke. Yeah. Or something. But I mean, what are they trying to say about y'all back then? Y'all. Y'all had to been the wokest, pretty much, because y'all dealing right after the, well, I'm not right after the bullshit, but, you know, y'all was in the crux of the American was, way. Yeah, <laughs> it was a lot of, it was definitely a lot of bullshit that we had to, to endure. Um, uh, I won't lie, when I came in, my first ship was one of the first ships in the military to integrate with women. Oh, okay. I went into, when I first got there, there were 30, no, it wasn't even 30 women. It might have been 20 women on the time when I first got there. When I left the boat, there was damn near, and we had a crew of 300 and some change. Mm -hmm. Almost half, we'll say 120 of that was women. It went, because wow. we went, and we had to give up. We, As a matter of fact, I know that for a fact, because we gave up birthing compartments, because now we had too many females. Mm. They were taking birthings from males, our male spaces, and giving them to female spaces, and moving the males to different and combining males in, this, in certain compartments because we didn't have any more room. Wow. We, we had to give up our room to women. So, yeah, my last deployment on my first ship, we were dag near at 100 women. And it was, that was a weird time in itself. That's when 
We have a line that said underway shift colors. That's when you change the flags on the boat from the front of the boat to the center mast. Mm -hmm. But when you had women on the boat, it was underway shift couples. Because as soon as that boat, we went on the six-month deployment, people forgot they were married. And it was... Uh -huh. <laughs> it was... It was crazy, man. You, you, you'd be like, wait a minute. You're married. You're married. Oh, I mean, it's a tight ship. <laughs> Literally. Oh. And like, I'm, we, we ain't talking about just enlisted. We ain't talking about the Lord enlisted. We talking about officers uh. doing out there doing dirt. I mean, it was, mm. the military back then was, that was what I, what we were doing is what I thought, I, I felt good. I felt like, this is it. This is, even though people are doing a lot of dirt and I'm not, I'm not down for all, but it was funny. When I went to my first, when I did all my ships, I was a certain way, and I had a female friend that was on my first boat who we were we, we were friends up until I got out, mm -hmm. and she always looked at me as a goody two shoe. And then I, when I left and went to my first, when I went to the Pentagon, oh yeah, I stopped being good. I just started, but I was just like, oh, <laughs> military men are supposed to be hoes. <laughs> I'm signing up for that job. And then when I after after unleash oh <laughs> one is when I well I would say September 11th was my change I'll say beginning of oh one was my change that's when I started going okay I was oh I was 21 at the time mm -hmm. um, actually I was 20 oh one I was 24 mm. I was starting to be free mm -hmm. but at the same time I was starting to realize that there was a shift and I just went with the shift and the shift got me in a lot of trouble the shift personally. as far as what shift as far as just how just everything adult was life. adult life the yeah. military life everything was starting to change um, right around around 01 when I went on I came back from a deployment in August of 01 it was like literally it was just like everything smelled differently it was just like it was a whole like the military the way I thought it was what it was on the ship when I went to shore duty which is when you're no longer on the ship it's a different world I'm wondering like <laughs> I'm focusing on the hose <laughs> 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 I mean, you know, it's so funny because I be thinking about, uh, I mean, not currently, but uh, I thought about it and it's like, the hoes die around 24, 25, so, you know, you kind of wake up at that age, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> but I mean, what, what was bad for me, though, was my waking up was the worst, was the bad waking up, because that's when I just started from about 01. Mm -hmm. I joined Zion and I got out the military February 20th, 2006. Them first five, well, no. Nah, I would say no. I say 2009. Mm -hmm. I had a good eight years, even after I got out in 2006, because I got out in 06. So for, I had five years in the military, three years of, of after being in the military. Well, yeah, life, I, I was still riding that same high from 01. And then finally in 08, I had to go, okay, buddy. <laughs> You're not longer in the military no more, buddy. <laughs> but yeah, my brain cell stayed in that mindset it was just the military it was fun it was a different fun it was just yeah. i don't know it was um what are some of the funnest stories you had or uh like fun as far as fun actual fun and hilarious i don't know oh fun fun um i th i think my funnest story was the very first time on my very first ship the uss stump dd 978 that's now sitting in the middle of the ocean they sunk it a lot oh. of ships get sunk when they or decommission they sink them. Really? Yeah. So okay. you, if you look up ships, if you can look up a ship, it'll tell you the actual Latin latitude, latitude and longitude of where the ship was sunk. And what's the reason for that? Because um, they basically make man-made reefs out of them. For, uh -huh. They use the ships to make man-made reefs. That's really. They don't have any place to make them, so they can either make scrap metal out of them. Mm -hmm. So if you use razors, some ships 
your razors may be made out of a ship. Okay. Um, but for the most part, they either put them in a in a a, a um, in Philadelphia. They have a shipyard of a lot of. If you go past the shipyard in Philadelphia, you'll see a bunch of ships that are out there that are old ships. I'm talking about ships from the 50s, 60s, and 70s. Oh wow! They sit them out there, mothball them, and they're basically never going to get used again. But they just keep them out there. Some of them they scrap them and use scrap metal of them, and then some of them they just sink them and make man-made reefs out of them. Or some they sell to foreign countries. So, it's a whole bunch of different rules and reason why they do recycling. I suppose. Yes. <laughs> but my first, the funniest story was my first time overseas on a boat. Even though Puerto Rico technically is the United States, mm-hmm. but it was my first time outside of the, the continental United States. I was now in Puerto Rico, mm-hmm. and that's when I realized that. What I had envisioned for the Navy and what the Navy was were two different worlds. Because people on the Navy drank. I mean, people drank. Like, I knew the Navy folks drank. Nah, buddy. Bamas drank. Like, they get drink. They drank to drink. Not to get drunk. They drank to drink. Like, dude. So you're going out there, and it's my first night there, and I have duty. So I'm assigned to the duty master at arms, which is the duty, which is the police officer for the ship. And he's not really a cop; he's just a person that they assigned to be the cop for the day. Mm-hmm. So I'm riding with him, and we're picking up people. We're the duty van picking up people. But majority of the people we're picking up are drunk, and I mean drunk. <laughs> we're picking people up, dropping them off at the boat, and I mean I'm seeing stuff that I just can't imagine. <laughs> Well, all of a sudden, we see at the down at the pier, we see something that looks a little odd. And I was like, are you seeing this? And he's like, yes, I'm seeing it. Are you seeing it? I'm like, yep. Mm-hmm. We have, I told you, we have military, you have enlisted, you have officers. Mm-hmm. Well, you have senior enlisted, what are called chiefs. Their uniform colors are khakis. Mm-hmm. The officers wear khakis as well. So they both wear the same uniforms, but one's enlisted, one's officers. Long story short, we see the head chief doctor. She's a doctor, but she's a chief. Mm-hmm. And the chief engineer of the boat, who's an officer, are canoodling uh, on the pier, which is illegal. Like, not supposed to happen. Oh, no. You, you, the chief, you's an officer. No paths cannot cross. Oh, no, okay. no, no. Not on the same boat. Nah, doc. No, 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 Wait, no, no. As far as. So basically, an officer and, a, and a, an enlisted person are technically are not supposed to be in a relationship, married, or anything, oh, period. Okay. It's called fraternization, off off the brink. Mm, okay. However, what it is is, let's say you're, uh, I'm, I'm married to, Sarah's my wife, she's in the military too, but let's say she's an officer in the, ar- in the army, mm-hmm. but I'm an enlisted person in the Navy. Mm-hmm. It's not a problem, because she ain't, ain't going to ever be in my chain of command, I ain't never going to work for the army. Right. When you're in the same branch, that's a problem, <laughs> because there's always that possibility right. that you could go work for such and such. So they really frown upon that. Like it's basically you get in trouble, right? And they got in trouble because oh, they got caught. <laughs> like when I tell you, when we left Puerto Rico, we had twenty. We had about twenty cases that had to go see the captain. Twenty mad people had to go stand in front of the captain for that. We had one girl climbing the mast. She was so drunk she started climbing the center mast at like two o'clock in the morning. I'm oh, like, what the fuck goodness. are you doing, chick? What are you doing? She's up there. I want to get a better view. Better view of what? <laughs> We're in Puerto Rico. What view do you need to see? Wow, yo. I mean, it, it, that was my very first experience. I mean, people were drunk. People were laying on the pier, just slumped over. I'm like, what? <laughs> it's made me wonder how all this is organized. Like, do y'all have people that 
Like, did anybody get lost or anything? Oh, no. <laughs> we're on a base. We're on a base. Oh, yeah, 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 you we're on a base. You can't get lost. True that. True yeah, that. Where are you going? <laughs> Somebody, if you get lost, the police on the base are going to find you and bring you back. Oh, okay. Um, the other funny story was I was in, uh, what country was this in? Were we, in Sic- we were in Sicanella, Sicanella Sicily. Mm. Wow. So, it has a, it, Sicanella has its own base. Were we in Sicanella? I can't remember what country we're in, but whatever country we're in had a naval base there because we went and stayed at the naval base. So there's this one night I'm with I'm with a bunch. It's about twenty of us. Mm-hmm. We're the we're like, hey, we're gonna leave. We're gonna be on the last bus. We're gonna go back last. We wanna go back last. All right, cool. We all gonna go back last. Everybody was cool with going back last. <laughs> I with the group of people that I was with. So by the time we get to the end of the pier, we're the la- we know we're going to be the last bus, and there's like 15 to 20 of us there. I'm with the group of people that I said I'm going to roll with last. The other people standing there. Now it's like 2 o'clock in the morning. It's like 12.30 in the morning. Mm-hmm. We're sitting there. There's no bus. Now it's one thirty. <laughs> wow. I'm going to sit down on this floor now. I'm mm. cross my legs and sit on the floor. Now we got to get back at the bus Boat by 2.30. Oh, shit. 2 o'clock, no bus. Oh, man. <laughs> we started looking around at the senior person amongst us, which is the chief. What you gonna do? I ain't doing nothing. Great. <laughs> this sucks. It's 2.30 now. Still sitting outside. Now, it's fall time for... I think we were in Sicily. So it's fall time for their time of the year. Mm-hmm. So it's about... At the time, it was like 60 degrees. Mm. It has now dropped to like 52. And I'm cold now. Mm-hmm. And getting mad. And I'm sleepy. And I'm sitting on the freaking park thing where you where you park your car, the little thing right at the front of your car. I'm sitting on that bitch mm-hmm. waiting for the bus. Needless to say, long story short, the bus didn't show up till like 3.30. Oh, shit. They forgot there was another group of people you picked up. Oh, Lord, I was cursing people. I was like, only in the motherfucking... Maybe and on this motherfucking piece of shit ship. This shit, this shit ain't never happened nowhere else. And those are kind of, those. I mean, those comical stories are basically drunk stories. True that. Um, true that. My my worst drunk story. We were doing Jaeger bombs, mm. um, with uh, Jaeger inside Guinness, and I am a. Um, I hate to say it, I really can drink drink, and it does not really bother me. <laughs> I do get drunk every now and then, but for the most part, I have. I don't know. I, my sister, my older sister, and I have had friends challenging the drinking games. And I've demolished everybody. They're all drunk, and I'm just sitting there all like, my cup's empty. Can I have? So I'm in there thinking I can do it this time. So we're doing Jaeger bombs. Mm-hmm. And Jaeger bombs aren't like normal drinks. Right. I, I did two of them. <laughs> Got to the boat. I started getting to the boat. I started going, ooh, feel a little woozy. <laughs> when we get to the, we're in Cittadavecchia, Italy. And the boat, from the minute I got on the boat, was doing this all night long. Mm. Well, that's not good when you've been drinking. So I'm doing this, and I had an opening in my rack, and the guy who worked for me, he had a wall, but on his wall, part of his wall had broken apart, so he had, like, you could see, I could see inside of his rack, but by that much space. Mm-hmm. That's all the space I needed to throw up in his rack. I <laughs> hurled, and the hurl went out. It went, like, in two directions. It went out this way, and the other way went straight into Oh, my Lord. And it fell on him while he was sleeping. Oh, Lord. <laughs> He thought he was going to fight me. I was drunk, but I said, I'm drunk, but I, you ain't stupid. <laughs> true that, true that. I may be drunk, but remember who the fuck I am. 
I'm still your fucking boss, motherfucker. He chilled out. He was mad, but he realized what was going on. But that was the first time I ever thought... I've only thought of twice in my life that was the first time. And the other time was after the military. But um, my fun times... I I could go on about the port visits. Um, Where have you visited? In more than 10 countries? Almost 36. Damn. 30, almost 30. I think that's the last right, count. 36, 37. What's your favorite? Okay. I get, or how Fa- favorite would be... Uh, Greece. Okay. Um, only one reason. I've been to Greece, two different parts of Greece. I went to Kaz and Crete. Kaz is great because um, in the whole time I was in the Navy, I didn't buy sex. I was not that guy who was going to buy prostitutes, which is what a lot of dudes do. <laughs> on a lot of niggas. A lot of niggas do that. That's your business. I went with dudes. I ain't going to lie. I did go. I've been to the places. Some say the uniform is your, your Yeah, yeah, but you look at some of them girls and you just like, yeah, you're pretty, but how many other guys? No, yeah, 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 yeah. I just can't. That's I can't. I can't. I just couldn't do it. I just, I'm just not for that. But um, I my favorite country would be Kaz, and I, like I said, I hooked up with a chick that was a dancer, and we kept in contact for like a couple months, mm. and then unfortunately, just you know, being in two different countries, it, it fell apart. Right. But that was a great country. Um, Road of Spain is nice. Damn. Um, Palma de Mallorca, uh, Spain is nice. That's a party town, nothing but clubs. Um, that's yeah. when I first learned about two for one specials. Because them jokers believe in giving you two for one and they give you whatever you want and it's cheap and it's oh, strong shit. as crap. What name? Say that place again. I never heard of it. Palma de Mallorca. Palma de Mallorca. Okay. Yeah. That's the first time I ever went. Because uh, in Europe, it's, you know, Spain is in Europe. Europeans are different than us Americans. Mm-hmm. They are a little bit more freer. They're a little bit more uh, expressive with their bodies, okay. meaning that they don't have a problem walking around butt naked. True. And um, there we go. Talk. I got a funny. I, I'm gonna give you this story. To, I'm gonna first <laughs> set this story up to tell you the next story. All right. <laughs> so go to Palma. I'm walking around. It's the first time I've been able to, and the first time I go to a beach, and it's a nude beach, and it's like, <laughs> but it's not a like it's a pup. It's like a nude beach. No, all the beaches are like that. Mm. Women are just sitting there sunbathing butt naked, and I'm like, "Wow!" And they tell you, "You're gonna see women naked. Calm down." And I'm like, "No, like, no, dude, like, I'm seeing everything. Like, I'm not, like, wow, is this right? Like, I mean, she has big titties, but am I supposed to be looking? I mean, what am I supposed to? So, that was the kind of crazy stuff. But the funniest, I think, here's my funny story, and I'll wrap up my funny stories with this. In Greece, before I hooked up with the chick that I hooked up with, mm-hmm. I went with my, my division where we went out as a division to have a division time and do whatever, and then we could do whatever we wanted at the rest of the day. So we went all swimming. Everybody's like, get your swim truck, we're going to go swimming. Well, I am a black man, and I really don't feel comfortable swimming in oceans. <laughs> Even though there was a, like a little platform that they were swimming to, I don't swim well without four walls. I just, I need walls. I need to know that there's nothing in the pool with me. No creatures, no sharks. <laughs> I don't do well, no. Right. So I'm sitting there going, we're, we're all walking to the thing, and I'm going, you guys can get in. I, myself, I'm going to stand on this beach and watch y'all. From right here. I'll put my feet in the water, but I'm not swimming out to that reef. And I can swim. I'm not swimming out there. No, it's not happening. Cool, Chris. No problem. Interesting. So we're walking. We're talking. We're joking. Back then, I was a Newport smoker. So we're in there smoking cigarettes and laughing. Ha ha. I said, Damn, do y'all see this? They're like, what? Oh! No, no, no. This is not... This is not happening in front of our eyes, is it? Yes, it. No, this cannot be. Wait a minute. Do you see... Oh. So what do we see? 
We see a man and a woman going at town. He oh, is beating man. it up on a <laughs> on a beach chair. Wow. Going in on it. I'm like, and, and, and this is around other people. Sun too. is up. It's three o'clock <laughs> in the afternoon. Damn. That wasn't the kicker. The guy and the girl next to him were in there, joining in, filling on each other, filling on them. Oh, trying to, I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> wait, what? What is? I'd have been like, I love Europe. <laughs> Europe, like, yeah. Those, are, I mean, those are just some of the small things that you would see overseas that you, you don't see in the U.S. Yeah. That you're just like, you're tripped out by it. You think it's cool, but it's weird. You don't know what to do because you're not used to that. That's not our culture. Their culture is totally different. And when you get over there, well, I mean, I want. I mean, I wonder because I mean, they, they make it illegal here, I guess, right? Yeah, you can't really be having sex on the beach. Well, not well. I mean, I don't know. Is it legal in Europe? To oh, you can sex? do it. Yo, you can do that in Europe. They don't care. Yeah, they'll probably they'll probably be like the cops will probably be like you're doing it wrong. You're, you're, <laughs> you're not hitting it correctly. Okay, you need to do this, do that. Yeah, like they're not. Who's gonna say no? They walk around. The beaches are all nude. I mean, oh, they're mostly topless, but you can go and walk around. You see butt naked. I mean, they have sex. I mean, you go to where the Olympics was held in Barcelona. Uh-huh. You have the bar, you have the Olympic complex, which is basically dimmed out. You can see it, but at nighttime, but it's because there's no Olympics there. They don't have nothing on. So all those buildings for Barcelona are all up. All the stadiums, all that stuff is still up. They still have all that stuff. At the time when I went, they still had all that stuff up. Right. You get off our bus that drops us off in the middle. Right. Here's the Olympics. Here's downtown Barcelona. You get off the freaking bus. You walk less than 500 feet in the center of the of the street is a sidewalk area. It's like you got cars that go up and down this way, and in the middle is sidewalk. Dead in the middle is a sex booth. A little peep show. You and I said I'm going to see. I want to see. I don't care. Give me some change. I'm going. A bunch of us were like, give me some change. We're going to see this. You put your money in there, and literally you're getting you watch people have sex. What the? And like. <laughs> and we're not talking about like, but it's 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 art. It's an art form because it's not this. Right. It's not what you think of a porn where you're gonna see all. No, 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 no. Right, right, right. It's like sensual lovemaking sex. It's not this. <laughs> no, it's like they're taking and they don't finish. They'll get you'll get you'll get two minutes of them, and if your thing doesn't shut down yet, you'll get a couple and they switch. So another set of couples oh, come out. You'll get like ten couples. Wow. It's just it's like couple after you're like wait or maybe it'll be like four couples and then they'll just rotate. So for the first four they'll come out and then they'll take a break. And then the first one that came out, they'll come out again first and you're like what? <laughs> I mean you walk down the street, they sell pornographic materials right there on the street. Ain't no there is no store. There is none of this uh you gotta uh, have eighteen and up, triple X you got a, mm. you got paper on the windows. No, 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 no. You walk up to the newsstand and there's a porno. You're picking up a, a Times and a porno magazine all at the same time. You're like, what the hell? <laughs> I'm picking up Newsweek and a porno. You, know. you can pick up porno videos from a newsstand, like real live DVDs from a newsstand. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to sell the military here, but you've sold Europe <laughs> to me. <laughs> I will buy. <laughs> I mean, that's what it was like. I mean, in an early night, like late nineties, early two thousands, it was. That's. Wow. I don't know. I don't know what Europe is like. I haven't been to Europe in twenty years, twenty one years. Like, last time I was there was no one. But damn no, man. I mean, that's just amazing. You've seen all these things. It's just. 
<laughs> you just see things over there, the way they talk, the way they dress, the way they... It's just... There are times, though, you thank God that you are from the U.S. You're like, thank God I live here. Like, yeah. Russia? Oh, thank you, Jesus, I live here. Thank yeah, you, Russia. God. Yeah, but I'm the Odessa. I've been to... Talk about Ukraine. I've been to Odessa. Uh, born in Bulgaria, Odessa, Ukraine. Mm. And I've been to Russia. I'm just drawing a blank on the country. Wow. Um, had an international incident in... Um, in, so, in uh, Soviet, the Soviet Union, um, a few of our shipmates got a little drunk. They weren't doing nothing stupid, but one of the guys and the girls got into a little spat. Mm. They were dating each other, got mm. into a spat, a little verbal. Well, police, Russian police rolled up on that. Oh, wow. Okay. They got involved and started pushing bamas with their villains. Mm. They pushed, they hit her a few times with the gun hit the dude several times. Oh. That wasn't where the national incident came I'm in. I'm about to say this. The Bama started popping off their guns over our dude's heads. They were like, pop, 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 pop. Yeah, I'm hands on the bike. Oh, like, shit. this shit went from... It hit the... Like, I didn't even know about it until the, more, the next day. I was I was in my right sleep. Right. I get up. Everybody say, have you heard? Did you hear? What? I'm like, what the hell? They fell us in on the story. I look at him. He picks up his shirt, and he looked like they worked him over real good. She... When we saw her, she gets up. She's in pain. We find out, everybody finds out what happened. That shit made President, at the time it was President Clinton, that shit made his desk. It was, wow. the report made his desk. That's how bad it was. It was some, it was some conversations that were had. So it was heated. It on. was, yeah. It was. Alert, that was on alert. Oh, fresh, like we couldn't go back out. Mm -hmm. They told everybody on the boat. Yeah, nah. Damn. Now the second time I've had an incident where it went to the President's desk. And they, well, the first time they locked our crew down, they locked our boat down because it was on our boat. The second time it happened um, was my last deployment over in um, Malta. One of the Marines, and I don't want to cast aspersions on Marines. I don't want people thinking that all Marines are crazy. I know they give them that, that title, but they're not. <laughs> but one of the Marines went batshit crazy and raped and pummeled a chick mm. over in Malta. Mm. Needless to say, Police got involved. He was arrested, and they shut down the boat with all the Marines. The Marines had their own. They have a uh, what they call a baby carrier. It's not as big as an air aircraft carrier, but it's smaller. They shut. They locked down every Marine. It was over twenty five hundred Marines could not leave their boats, could not go nowhere, and then they made them all go onto the big ship, and they all had to stand there and get a tongue lashing from hell. And then to told you ain't going nowhere the rest of this deployment. Y'all will be confined to y'all boats. We only had like another month. They, mm. they couldn't go nowhere. They, I did want to ask, it's a bit of a touchy subject, and this is a question not even formed by me, but from people I know, but uh, like the women um, in the uh, military, uh, there's a lot of news coming out about a lot of discrimination and abuse. Like, how do you, I guess my point of asking this is like, how prevalent was it? Um. Or, or did you have any You stories? knew, I mean, it was one of these things, you're powerless. We're kind of powerless as as enlisted personnel. Mm -hmm. You can make complaints and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And some go like uh, sidebar conversation. I called another black guy, nigga. When mm -hmm. we were having a conversation, I was like, "Man, you for real, nigga?" White guy wrote me up. Got offended that I said nigga. And why did he get offended? <laughs> he quote wrote in the report. How is it fair for him to be able to say the, say nigga and I can't say nigga? 
Wow, I'm glad it's documented so we can... <laughs> so somebody look up that shit. <laughs> That's crazy, though, man. What the fuck? So I had a white lady come up and talk to me and was like... I was a petty officer. She's like, petty officer, sorry, I need to talk to you. Did you say the word nigga? Or she's like, did you say N-word? And I was like, yes. And then she told me exactly what happened. And then she told me who said it. I was like, what? I knew exactly. When she told me the person who was, I was like, huh? <laughs> then I was like... <laughs> So then I, when she said, then they read the report. Then I had to go to sensitivity training, number one. Oh, my goodness. Then I had to have sensitivity training with the rest of my division. We had to sit down and have a talk about this. Like, we had to, like, it was, I was like, and they're all looking at, we're all looking at each other like, and a bunch of us. One dude is, we're still friends. He lives here in D.C., well, in the DMV. He's just like me. We were like, what the fuck? Like, do you want to say the word? Like, if you want to say it. Come on outside and get it off your chest. Like, for real. But that's, I mean, that's just, that's just on discrimination. You know, it yeah. was just weird that, that they took that kind of stance. And, like, I was like, okay. And I apologized to him. And I was, I did it only because I didn't feel like hearing nobody else's mouth. But it wasn't, in my heart, it wasn't sincere because I was just like. Ah, fuck that. You were mad because I said, nigga, because you can't say it? You mad because you can't say the word, nigga? Come on, man. Come on. We got better. We, we can do better. So, and it kind of made me have lack of respect of him, having me with lack of respect of the chain of command for the for, for my ship. Because it's like, this is, this is, this is asinine. This is right. the most asinine thing I've ever heard in my life. I mean, before, I mean, I was trying to focus on the women. But but get of course, what you're going through, I mean, you're a black, black man and, you know, I, and I'm not trying to be political. I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I am focused on not being political because I don't want to, I don't know. I just want to go there yet. Maybe another episode. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> But yeah, like how how we I know you dealt with some racism. Oh yeah, there is definitely within your. Oh yeah, there's definitely um, racist racist uh, comments. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing they talk about the women. We, we talk about both at the same time because mm-hmm. there there was because like I said, I was on one of the first ships that integrated to women. Right. Um, definitely had to watch how you walk, what you said, how you dress. Um, you couldn't re- The same grace for me was I was my first ship and I was going to a ship that was integrating. So I didn't go to a ship that didn't have and then I'm going to be around female cuz it was a transition for them dudes. Oh, it was transition. You could how you couldn't say you had to walk you used to walking around the boat a certain way. Now you can't walk that way cuz of women on the boat. Mm. Um then it felt like women couldn't then it felt at times that there were certain jobs on a boat that women just could not do. Especially when I first when they first got to the boat. Um, now it could possibly it was it's totally different now. But when I got to the Navy in 1995 and going to a ship that had just first integrated and only had 20, and you're doing underway re- replenishment, which means that you have a ship next to you and they sit over their gas lines. Like basically, it's like going to a gas station that's on wheels, and instead of just p- p- picking up the pump and put, you have to bring over uh-huh. the, the the gas line to you. So it's a group. It's a group of y'all keeping yeah. them jump. The, and you can have two lines. You can fill up on the forward part of the ship and the back part of the ship, uh-huh. and still send supplies in the middle. So you can fill up the boat with gas and send supplies over, and they can have a helicopter going for both ships doing. It. Wow. So that's they're doing all of that. But some of the stuff when you had to heave that that line is not light, and you have to heave it. You have to go from their ship to your ship, and the space between your ship is about 125 yards. So imagine going 600, almost 300 and something feet 
with a hose and you're pulling that joker while the ships are moving. Yeah. You guys are going this way and you're pulling an object at the same... Yeah, and you got to have women do that. Mm. Oh, my God. There were some women, Joe. You, I mean, it was bad. I mean, it was... it was. And then some of the women didn't help themselves. I'm going to be real. Like, if you're not, do- not going to put the effort in, you're going to get talked... They're going to talk shit about you. Like, right. you can't not do the work and think that we're not going to say something about you because we are. Mm-hmm. But then there were some chicks out there that would fuck some of the biggest men I know up. Like, mm-hmm. there's some women that would fuck some dudes up. Like, I'm like, are you... And they're straight. And you're like, bitch, are you a man? Like, where's your dick? Like, I'm not trying to be funny, but you're... Like, you you, you in here holding like a dude. But you are a chick. I mean, there were some chicks in there that I was just amazed by. Like, wow. That's what's up, though. But then there was some... I mean... Some women played the cards. Some knew how to play it. Oh, we had chicks. We had a girl had her husband drive over her foot with his car, with their car, so she didn't go. To, so she didn't go on the ship. <laughs> had her husband drive over her foot with a car. Oh, you say she had her husband do it? She had her husband ride over her foot with their car. I believed it more when you said her husband did it, like without her consent. I, I feel like a husband. I mean, a week a husband. I mean. I can just imagine a husband letting his wife go to, you know, the military. I'd be like, nah, yeah, I'm gonna run over your foot too. <laughs> but damn, she had him just to get out of there. To get out of, she wants to get the military. She didn't want to go on the cruise. Because mm. we, when you go in the navy, we have to see a lot. We have to see often. I mean, I did three six month deployments mm. in three in four years. I did three six month deployments. Mm. Not to count all the other times that I just went out to sea. Or the little times that we went to a country, a state here, a different state here. Like that's why I'm a Boston fan. We went to Boston several times. Like, okay, um, yeah. But you do a lot of sea time when you're on a boat. You have to see it quite a bit. Like, so how long? I wanted to ask that. How long have you been on the boat? Like in the, like how long have you been? Out the of longest sea? the longest time I've been out the sea was almost sixty days. Wow. Yeah. And that's doing this. It's going in a circle. <laughs> in, the, in the in the Persian Gulf. Hmm. 1996. Wow. That's all we did. I mean, did you ever have like moments of just like, oh, I need to get the fuck out of here? Where are we gonna go? The closest land was underneath the boat. <laughs> True that. Where, where, where you gonna go? You can't go nowhere. I can only imagine. You can't man. go nowhere. Mm. So yeah, you just you just you just learn how to just suck it up. True that. Um. So, how did your experience affect you today? Um, it was kind of hard to say. Let me uh, mm-hmm. shut up my door. Quiet, girl. Okay. Um, I would say. Uh, how do I say this? I mean, cause I mean, I can't really imagine how I can phrase this question. It's more like, cause you were you became an adult through the. Right. It, it shaped my life in a, in, in a lot of different ways. And there's some positives in there. There's some negatives in there. Um, That's one of my questions. Like, yeah, some positives, some negatives. Some of the positives, um, I would definitely say it. as far as, like, respect and about getting, when it comes to work, you know, getting the job done the first time. You know, I know that sound makes sound cliche-ish. Mm-hmm. But it definitely does. You 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 take pride in your work a little bit. I think military people take if they get out once they get out and go to another career, you just have a little bit more respect and pride for what you do. 
compared to someone because it's easy for me like you know Sarah and I have had this conversation she's like I couldn't have done what you did I couldn't have signed my name and gone into the military that's just not and it's not for everybody it's not it's not it's not for the faint of heart like mm-hmm. you gotta have you gotta be half crazy to go in the military you gotta <laughs> be somewhat crazy because you can't be a same rational person and be in the military you just can't you, they don't go together because of what you do mm-hmm. and depending on what branch you in and what your job title is you gotta be a little batshit crazy. You have to be. There has to be a couple of screws a little loose in your brain for you to say I'm gonna join Uncle Sam. Because, especially as a black man, to to think that I have to say to a white man, I gotta call you sir. Like most people don't. You know that was the first thing. Any person that I was graduating with, mm-hmm. most black men that heard that I was going into the military, that was the first thing they said. I ain't gonna call no white man sir. I ain't, I will never call no white man sir. And I was like, well. Do you know there's more than just white people in the military? So, you know, there are black people, and, you know, there are other races in the military. But they're like, no, oh, no, nah, fuck that. No, I'm not calling nobody, sir. Okay, don't call them, sir. You don't have to. You don't have to, you right. know. And, you know, some of the bad things that left, I, I, there were some, like, you know, I told you about the guy when I said the word nigga and he got upset. There were, yeah. there were, things that the military did that left nasty taste in my mouth the way that they treated us the way you know you find out things when you go along like what people didn't know at the time what I didn't know until I started when I went to my last boat and we're bringing up food was the military gets a lot of expired food which I never understood I never understood how a military I'm not talking about expired like it was expired two days ago Mm. Or maybe two weeks ago. Now, we're looking at stuff that was expired six months ago. And we're sending it to the Navy? We're sending it to a ship full what? of people? And that's just... I mean, there are things that the... Now, again, that was in 2000... Very interesting. That was 2001. I don't know yeah. what it's like now in 2022. Right. But when I was in... Oh, those were things... Like, I was looking at expired... I'm looking at it, say, expiration date. And if it was in, let's say, September, as Joker said, it expired in, in June. Like, why is... What, what was the food like? So, you, so they, they have their... So, boot camp in your school, what we call A school when I went to Orlando for navigation, my first school, mm-hmm. the food is, it's nasty. It's, everything is basically, nothing like, eggs are out of a carton, you don't mm-hmm. get, you, they put eggs, they, all your eggs come out of a carton, mm-hmm. um, you get your grits that are about 10 pounds thick, so is your oatmeal, um, you get pancakes, but they don't taste like your normal Mrs. Butterworth. <laughs> Pancakes. Um, your sausage has a different taste to it. Doesn't taste like. And this is daily. Oh yeah, boot camp is at boot camp. You daily eating out of the out of the out of the uh, mess decks or the mess hall. You, you. And this is just boot camp. So when you. Oh, when you went to a school, when I went to my school, and there was any basically, yeah. I take that back. Yes, when I went to Orlando, it got a little bit better. I take that back. When I went to school, and when I went to my school, the food was a tad bit better. Boot camp was just horrible. It's just horrible, <laughs> nasty, just it's gross. Like just put it's about getting 2,000 calories in your body a day to make sure that you don't lose no weight and that you gain weight while you're in boot camp. That's all that's about. <laughs> yeah. When you went to my schooling, that was on a regular base. So when you go to regular bases, the bases really serve decent food. Like, they serve, the mess hall serve, like, if you want a good hamburger, Go eat on a naval base on a Wednesday, because that's when we start slow caught. It's National Slider Day is Wednesday in the Navy. Okay. <laughs> you want a good hamburger? 
Get a Navy hamburger. It's some of the best hamburgers I've ever had in my life. I'm talking about just. <laughs> I'm talking about make you want to slap somebody. That's how good they are. I was like, wow. But it all depends. Um, it depends on your ship. It depends on your cooks. Yeah. I went on a ship with a, some cooks that knew how to cook. Mm-hmm. Um, and they liked to cook. We had one guy who was a cake master. Like, he could have gave the cake boss and a lot of those guys a run for his money back in those days when if they had had those competitions in the 90s, <laughs> early 2000s. Oh, he could have gave some. I mean, he could make some of the best cakes. He was an asshole cook, but he could make a cake dough. Like, everybody knew he was an asshole, but he could make a cake dough. He could make the best cakes. That's what's up. That asshole can make some good cakes. <laughs> right. Asshole can make the best cakes. But, yeah, that's, that's that, that was the food. I mean, certain bases have good food. The Air Force, best food ever. Best food ever. True that, true that. Um, all right, we're winding down no here. So, what, what are some things that um, a civilian's... Like, what is it, some things, that I guess that some of us ask or some things that we do that, I don't know, maybe a vet can make us more aware of. Suppose that, I guess, treating y'all in a certain way. I don't know, because it's... Don't treat us any differently. Don't treat you no differently. Don't, you can say thank you, but... Most military people... It's not that we're, we don't appreciate the thank yous. We don't have, but you have to realize we never did it for thank yous, if that makes sense. That's so when true. people come and and act a certain way when they see vets, mm. you'll see some vets get a little uneasy because it was, you don't put your hand on the Bible, say the oath, or in, in my case, say the oath multiple times when you read a list. Mm-hmm. And when you became a cop, you got to say the oath of the, of the same oath of regular cops. Say you say the same oath. Mm-hmm. You don't say it going, oh, when I get out, when I retire, oh, I'm going to have people be like, thank you, Mr. Chris, or thank you, Chris, for getting nah, it. Here goes the thing. If you didn't see it on my Facebook page, and unless I told you, you would never know I was in the military. Because I don't, I mean, I'm just, I'm not one that's like, I love what I did. I'm proud of the military, but at the same time, I don't need to walk around and advertise it like a billboard. Like, look at me. I was in the Navy. Look at me. I'm a vet. You do it for recognition. I just did it just because I knew I didn't want to go to college at the time. And and, um, I wanted to travel the country or travel the world while somebody else is dying, minus the bullshit, which, you know, you had to deal with. But, um, yeah, I just... Realize that we're human and we're vets or vets, but they're not, most vets don't want that extra. They don't, I mean, when you say it, don't get me wrong, excuse me, don't get me wrong, we appreciate it, Mm -hmm. but we don't crave it. It's not like we're seeking, we sought or we're seeking. I guess be genuine about it. Yeah, because some people say it and it's not genuine. Like, thank you for your service. And I'm just like, (laughs) you didn't fucking mean that shit. You just said that shit because you heard her say it. Yeah. You know, if you're going to say it, say it. You know, if you're going to mean it, mean it. Um, but I think you have to realize, too, for me, unlike a lot of military people, 9-11 is one of those things that I went through because I literally was in the Pentagon. Mm-hmm. The actual blast happened. Basically, if you watch football, end zone to end zone, one end zone was my building, was my office. The other end zone was the actual crash. Oh, That's how close my office was. You know, and I got an award from the president. I got the highest award that you can get from the president. It was on CNN, C-SPAN. As a matter of fact, I still got the video on my computer from C-SPAN. Sarah found it when 
Zion um, gifted me a gift because of my because of 9-11. What was that um, medal? I was going to ask you, like... The Navy Marine Corps medal. The highest medal you can get, any Marine or Navy personnel can get without going to war. Meaning that you went through some shit, but you didn't go to war. Okay. It's the seventh highest medal in all the branches of the military. It's the seventh highest. Um, at the time, I didn't want it. When they told me um, that me and the guy that... We both were from D.C. or Maryland. He was from... He's from Baltimore. Aberdeen. He's near Aberdeen. And of course, I was from here in the DMV, and we went through 9/11, and we both told them straight up to their faces, I didn't want the medal. I didn't want to. I didn't want no medal for 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 9/11. I didn't want to be recognized for 9/11. I wanted to get a medal to somebody's family who who somebody who lost a family member. I I just didn't want the medal. I didn't care for it. Um. So, with that, um. So, okay, so my question was, like, what was a medal or a rank oh. that you um, were most proud of? But that was a high ranking, though. I mean, my high, no, that's not a medal. My, my, that's a medal. So my rank was E6. That was the highest I made was E6. Okay. My, uh, Petty Officer First Class, or in my reference, I'll say my whole title, and then I'll break it down for you. Okay. In the Navy, I would was referred to as Master at Arms First Class Surface Warfare Suggs. Um, Suggs, of course, is my last name. Now, you're like, what in the world? <laughs> So, when you're a petty officer, which is an E4 to E6, there's a petty officer first class, second class, third class. A third class is an E4, E5 is a petty officer second class, E6 is a petty officer first class. So when I got out, I got out as a petty officer first class, as a master at arms. I was a navigator at first. Mm-hmm. When 90, Even though before 9-11, I was a police, I was doing the role of a police officer. I did not have the title of a police officer. When 9-11 happened, I got, I made a conversion to convert from being a navigator to strictly a police officer, and which changed my title to a master of arms. My original title was quartermaster, which is navigation in the military, in the Navy, but a quartermaster in the Army supply. So if somebody hears this in the world and goes, no, nah, in the Army, that's not what a quartermaster is. Two different, two different meanings for the same word in two different branches of the military, but for the Navy, I was a navigator. Okay. And then... When 9-11 hit, as I was already doing the police job, it was easy for me to convert over and become a full-time police officer, which I became. And in surface warfare, what that means, or SW, or S-dub, as we would call it, um, Mm -hmm. as we say it in the Navy, means that you got qualified, whatever ship that you were on, you have to know everything about that ship from A to Z. Mm. And what I mean is you literally have to explain how a piece of, a molecule of air from outside gets into the boat and explain how it gets from outside to your rack to where you sleep. Shit. How does the air get from outside to your personal rack where you sleep? Because we have little fans in there. How does that fan, how does that air get into that fan? Oh, wow. <laughs> then you had to talk about how you make fresh water, how uh, the distance of the uh, the chain, how many shots or how many shots do we have on our anchor chains? I mean, you have to know literally every, the guns the, the water, the, the engineer, you have to know everything. Not just do you have to know your specific, but you have to know the Navy specific as well. And wow. that's about four months of training, of, of, of studying and everything. And then you sit in front of two different boards, one in front of the enlisted, the E6s, which were all these sixes who are already have their pen on. Mm-hmm. And then you sit in front of the Chiefs. And the Chiefs don't care. They go for blood. <laughs> they try to trip you up. Mm. But... It was simple. I mean, once you study long enough and you go with a group of people that you work well with, you just feed, y'all feed off each other. And that's what we did. We all got it. So 
what's up. And what about like medals? Is there a medal that you appreciate the most? The 9-11. My medal for 9-11. That, and not only because of the, the hell that I had, that, that I endured that day. That mm-hmm. just, uh, the, it's a friendly reminder of one of the major things that I had, to, that I lived my life by more from that day forth was tomorrow ain't promised to no one. Um, and um, take cherish the moments that you make each day. It was just it's a lot of those kind of cliche minds things that you say, mm-hmm. but at that particular time, hung rung true. They were like, dude, you you almost lost your life. Like yeah. that plane went one change course this much, and that could have been you. Man, I want my viewers to understand. I'm normally curious and very inquisitive, but I kind of don't want you to relive that. Shit oh, that's right fine. Now. I can talk about it. Oh, well, uh, well at it. least take us through that. So, um, the day was like any day. Uh, it was a Tuesday, 9-11-2001 was on a Tuesday. Mm. Um, I had stay stay with my girlfriend. We, it was funny. She was a flight attendant, and mm. she had flown in, so we were staying by Dulles Airport. So I drove. I'm not even working at Pentagon, but she was staying in a hotel by Dulles, and I drove and stayed the night with her at, at the hotel, and I was going to go to work. She was getting on a flight to go. I think she was going to Philly. Mm-hmm. And I remember too that it was a Monday night. It was that it was that nine eleven was a Monday was or on the Tuesday was because when I got to her room she was like, "Do you want to watch the Monday night game?" Don't remember who was playing, but I was like, "Yeah, I want to watch it." <laughs> so that was that. That's how my night ended. Going into my morning, got to work. I was leaving work early. We were having a cook. We were having a uh, picnic for our division. Leaving work early. I was leaving work early. <laughs> I was like, I think we were leaving. If I remember correctly, I think we were leaving. Like the picnic was like from. One to like four, one to five. Mm. So I was even working like at noon. So I, my mindset was boosted. I was like, get to work, do your work. We're going to this cookout. Mm. That's it. Day's over. I was like, all right, back. You know, boosted. <laughs> Little did you know. Little did I know. <laughs> Little did I know. So I remember, got to work, changed clothes, whatever, ate my, got my breakfast. Now from my office, where I work, on the fourth floor, fourth ring, is a little. It was a, it was a cafe. Mm-hmm. Got my coffee and my donuts every morning from there. Had to bet after 9-11, they shut the Joker down. I was so mad. I had to go all the way down to the first floor every day to get food. Mm. But they had the best donuts and the best coffee <laughs> right outside my office. And it was the greatest thing. So what did I do? Got my coffee, got my donut. Sit at my desk. Now, mind you, I'm working in security, but I'm not working in security. I'm working on the paper side of security. I'm on the admin side. So I'm sitting there doing paperwork. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm a Newport smoker at this time. I smoked Newports from my whole Navy career, pretty much. <laughs> so I'm outside. I'm smoking my Newport. Then I walk outside. Hey, did you hear what happened? I was like, what do you mean? What happened? So something happened with the Bull or the, the Wizards and Jordan at the time. I don't remember what oh, happened. I'm like, the first link? <laughs> yeah. I remember Jordan. The Wiz- something in the Wizards and Jordan. I don't know if he left the team or what. So I thought it was something with that. He was like, nah, I ain't talking about no Michael Jordan. He was like, I'm talking about the... About New York. I was like, what happened in New York? It was like a plane crash in New York. I was like, what? Oh, <laughs> Ran up the steps, got in the office, on the TV. What? I want I literally hit the door, turned my head, the second plane was hitting the second tower. Shit. And I'm like, what the what? <laughs> and I was in fucking um chemistry class in the eleventh grade, I believe. Woo! Or ninth grade, ninth grade. So I'm sitting there and I'm going, What in the fuck is this shit? What what? Um, okay, um, um, okay, all right. I'm going to go to my office, I'm going to go sit at my desk, and, um, 
I don't think nothing happened over here. That's New York. Well, I'm gonna go. We 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 all go. We still go for the we all go for the cookout. All right, bet. I ain't care. I want to go to cookout. I was looking for for fun times. It was a regular plane crash. Right, and you know it happened. It can't hey, happen. It's not gonna happen here. That's New York. So I'm sitting at my desk, doing my paperwork. Bring 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 bring. It's 9:38. I looked at the clock specifically. That's how I know it's my father. My father works at the Library of Congress. Mm-hmm. Hey, Dad, what's going on? Yo, um, you see what's going on in New York? Yeah, yeah, man, that's a shame, man. That's that's <laughs> sucks. Right. Are y'all heightening security at the Pentagon? For what? <laughs> that's New York, Dad. Dad, New York. Ain't yeah. nothing. What do, what do we need to heighten up security for? So my dad's like, okay, you see, y'all good? We, we're good, Dad. We're... Life is great over in these parts, okay? Good. Bye-bye. Talk to you later. I'll see you when I get home. All right, bye, click. Going to cookout. After cookout, be a dollar. Bye, click. Do some more paperwork. I said, you know what? I'm going to go watch TV again. Let's get up, Chris. Go to the office. Go look at the TV. Uh-huh. So, TV is in the corner right here. Our console, our de- alarm console is here. And there's a big window, basically, for the length of this wall that's behind me. And it has those old school, big, gigantic blinds. Mm-hmm. The thick, wide blinds. That would, if you get cut with one, you'll cut your finger off blinds. Yeah. So that's sitting there, TV's there. I'm leaning against the heater where the window is, because there's a heater right there, and I'm just like this. <laughs> and the only thing I can describe it is, mm-hmm. you're sitting in your car, and somebody rear, a semi rear ends you, a semi rear ends yeah. your car. You don't get hurt, yeah. but it moves you. But you don't feel you're not hurt. But a semi just hit the back of your car. Feel your world that's world. literally what it felt like the plane when the plane hit. They literally felt that's the best. That's the only. I can't describe it any better than that. It's like literally you don't know a semi truck is coming and it bears in the back of your car. And you say the space, like the length you were from like end zone to end zone. Yes. So basically, how my office is. My office was here. If you walk down, so the Pentagon is a five sided building, and the hallways are shaped that way. Right. So if you walk all the way down, we were in the the most the inner inside ring of the building. Mm. So you walk no, I'm yeah we were the most inner inner ring of the building. So you walk straight down now, which means that our when you're in the inner side, the wall everything is smaller because you're on the inside. If you're on the outside, they're bigger, it's longer. So we have a shorter ways to walk. That's why we felt so much. So we walk, turn, and as soon as we turn, dude, one of the guys I worked with us ran back and said, "That's not possible." There's a hole right there. Shit. Went, oh, well, that's not going to be good. So, for the time the plane hit, which <laughs> threw me forward, because the blinds went forward, too, because yeah. the blinds hit me in the back of the head. So, they went, hit me. Wow. I ducked down, see the blinds go back, and they're going like this. And I'm like, what the? And our civilian boss flies, uh, GS-15, flies out, for a retired Navy uh, commander. Yeah. Al Morton, won't forget him. Al Morton ran out. He's, I'll never forget the words. He said the words, quote like this, we were just under, we've just been attacked, mount up. That's all mm-hmm. he had. He, that's all he said. We've just been attacked, mount up, I'm a man of radio. Oh, yeet. Wow. Click, click. <laughs> Guns and, we got, we grab radios, we grab flashlights, and that's when we, that's the first place we went was that way to go, and the guy who told us he was worked, whether he was an admin for us, but he wasn't an actual cop, mm-hmm. so he didn't carry a weapon, but he was like our admin guy, so he was like, can't go that way. We were like, fuck. Name OS2 Pods. I was like, well, what are we about to do? So he was like, start clearing out. Yacht. He was like, YouTube, Yacht, 
and it's me and this guy named Jason Rakowski. We both from Maryland. He was like, you two, y'all go here. You two, y'all go here. Okay. Now, mind you, I hadn't even been there a whole month yet. I hadn't even been there for three weeks. Damn. We're going through 9-11. So we're in there, and we're finding every Navy space. And I walk with him because he knows all the spaces better than I do. I just been there. I just got there. Right. He's like, you go to this one, I got this one. Hey, yo, we got to evacuate. Plane, build a bit here with a plane. What? Now, mind you, the building got so big, people didn't even know we were hit. If you were on the other side of the building, you didn't feel it because you were on the side of the building. Mm. So there were people who had, there was over, the building holds 30-something thousand. There was a good 15,000 people who had no idea. <laughs> they had yeah. no idea what was going on. So we're in there, and then we're starting to just starting to clear. It's like, get them all out. Now, I got people who got stars on their uniform. These motherfuckers are, their paychecks dwarf them up. Right. I'm like, sir, you have to leave. I'm not going anywhere. I'm in the middle of a meeting. <laughs> Mr. Moore, uh, control, I just told this admiral to leave, and he said he's not going anywhere. But, no, you tell him to. Uh, if you have to curse at him to leave, then um, that, I don't know if I'm willing to do that. I don't want to lose my... Oh, I can curse at him? Okay, thank you. 10-4. Admiral, literally, Admiral, you got to get the fuck out of here. Oh, shit. That's no, he's like, excuse me? I said, Admiral, I understand. You're doing a meeting right now, but the building was just hit with a plane. You got to get the fuck out of here right now because there's another plane on its way. The one that crashed in Pennsylvania thought was coming to us. He was like, uh, what? Yeah. Finally, he started seeing people zooming out of him. He he didn't even he just looked at me and said, "You were right. I was wrong. We leaving." Thank you, sir. Damn. And that's literally and it was like that. The scary the couple scary parts that were traumatic for me that I'm, I'm over them, but that resonate for me. The mm-hmm. first one was when the when the plane fuselage exploded mm. because when the plane hit, it just caught on fire. But then when all the f- smoke and everything caught, the fuselage exploded. How much time after the hit? I mean, I guess it's... Well, I don't remember that shit, but... Well, it, this is what's funny. Time or the what? plane hit at 9.48? 40, it's 9.40 something mm-hmm. is when we got hit. When we, first, when we finally walked out the building, it was two and a half hours later, which only felt like 30 minutes. It didn't even feel like we were two and a half hours in there scrambling for people. Did right. not feel like it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say the fuselage probably within the first... 30, 40 minutes. Mm. This one it blew up. Yeah, that was good. I seen a chick smaller than your sister Benita carrying, uh, holding a head, holding together someone's head because he was on, they were on the elevator and when the plane hit, he hit his head. It was on a, one of the big old school elevators, not the oldest ones where you push the button up. We're talking about with the, the you got to close it down like that and it has a grate on it. Yeah. His head hit and split his head from Ugh. the front to the back. She's the size of Benita. He's the size of your brother, John, before he passed. He's about that. And she, I don't know how she's doing it, but she is holding his head together, walking him to the, trying to get him to, I don't know how she, her little behind held this man, this big dude, she's holding his head together to get him to get medical help. That's the kind of stuff you saw, like, we had the command center, there were people we couldn't, that were trapped in there, they're screaming for help. One of the guys that was helping me assist getting people out, he was a volunteer firefighter. This man went, he left the building, mm-hmm. went to his car to get his fire uniform, to come all the way back to get freaking shocked in his head before he even got his uniform on. Say what? He got shocked, like shocked. electrically shocked. Electrically, I don't want to say electrocuted because he didn't die, but he got, he got electrocuted. 
The Batman guy that's shooting his head. I sat there right next to him with a wire, with a wire, and that Joker he didn't realize a wire there, and that Joker hit him right in his head. Damn! And it burnt. the The wire was burnt on his head, but he was fine because it wasn't that powerful of a jolt, but it was enough. Oh yeah! And I just sat there and went. I have seen it all today. I have. I seen a dude get electrocuted. I seen a short woman carry a big dude's head, or across the uh, the uh. Pentagon on the grounds yeah. to get him. I mean, you I mean, saw the fact that his head split open. Like, what the fuck? The, <laughs> the velocity. Yeah, I mean, that's you got to think about a plane hitting the building that hard at that speed at that altitude, and he was already low. Mm. So it was just basically when you're he was already at this height, um, and when he hit, I mean, we we were picking up. I mean, I worked with the FBI. Once we finally got out the building, two and a half hours later, they had us doing counts of all the Navy people. Then they said, nah. Go walk with the FBI personnel and go mark plane pieces. And there were plane pieces down the highway. I'm not talking about, and, this is a, and I, it was funny. I just happened to look at it last year for the first time because last year was the 20-year anniversary. Mm. And I happened just to look at it. And there's a guy who took a picture, and all his pictures were everything that I saw on the street that day. I was like, wow, this is weird. Like, I froze. I was like, <laughs> like it was like, it was weird to see this shit. It was like, yeah. I remember saying, I remember, remember we marked that. Damn. Remember we marked that. I remember we saying, and it was just like, it was just like all of a sudden. So, I mean, it's over, I mean, it's been 20, going on 21 years now. Yeah. I have, I've cried. I think the worst time I ever, the, the, the one time that it caught me off guard where I wasn't prepared um, for Sarah's birthday, I wanted to do something different. This is right when we started dating. I was like, I'm going to take you to the museum. Because she wanted to see something. So I said, let's go to the museum. She was like, okay. So we went to the museum. And I, I had already went before, but I hadn't done a full walkthrough. I did parts of it. I just was like, I'm out. Mm. So this time we do it. We're really walking through. And we get to this room. And it's dedicated to 9-11. And it's news footage from 9-11. Because it's the museum. So it has nothing but news from 9-11. Mm-hmm. So I get in there. And it's a video. And it's, you know, how those videos, they recycle or restart, whatever. So I caught it like in the halfway through. So I'm just like watching it. And I'm like chilling. Walk out the museum. And they got a piece of the Pentagon. Like as soon as you walk out the room to your left, there was this big piece of the Pentagon. And then some more stuff of the Pentagon. And then stuff of the New York Towers. Mm-hmm. And I touched the freaking Pentagon piece. And broke down. I ain't never cried like that in my life. Sarah thought something had happened. Because she, when she first, she wasn't around me when I first started. So she came about 30 seconds after I started bawling. Mm. People are now looking at me going, what is wrong with this dude? He's crying. And she was like, please understand, he was in the Pentagon during 9-11. So, and she was like, he touched the building. And I had never touched the building after I left. So to touch that just brought back it just brought back all the floodgates of nine yeah. eleven all over again. Like I saw everything, I felt everything, smelled everything, and it was just like. But now twenty two, well, I'm going back to twenty one years later now. I'm good. I mean, I can talk about it. Doesn't like I'm talking about everything. I'm talking about it now. Yeah. I have my moments on nine eleven where I rem- reminisce or remember on that day what happened. Um, mm-hmm. I play that over. Like it's one of those things I just can't not play. It's always. A soundtrack that's always going to be played in my head of that day. I am stuck on the fact that you were supposed to get off early. <laughs> just oh, I was boosted. Not, not early enough. 
I remember I had, and then what made it so bad, you met my my brother. Yeah. So my brother Jason and my dad, I was I was there, I had just gotten, I had just left school, my police school, and had just moved, so I hadn't even gotten a place yet. What was funny was the next day, I had applied for an apartment two days before 9-11. The next day, they were like, they probably thought I was dead. They were like, you got your apartment. So they were probably thinking that I wasn't going to call them back. And I called them back the same on 9-11. I was like, I'll be there tomorrow to sign my paperwork. <laughs> she was like, oh, my God. I was like, yeah, I was in the Pentagon, but I just got your message. I'll be there on Monday or the next day to sign my paperwork. Wow. I didn't have a cell phone. I had to call them from a pay phone because I didn't even have a cell phone yet yeah. at the time. But, um, wow, man. Yeah, it's uh, but I had to get my dad and my brother because I at the time, my keys to my car and everything, my wallet, were upstairs in the office. And they told us we could go back upstairs into the office. I was like, hell no, I'm not going back up there. Nope. So I actually went back in there. I went and got to the I got to the top floor. I got to my floor. I'm at the steps. All I got to do is walk on the steps, walk on the floor, walk 100 feet, and I'm at my door. I couldn't step on the floor. Damn. That's all with smoke. And it, I could see. You could see the off. You could get in there. Yeah. The smoke, the people in there. I just couldn't do it. I froze. And I walked back downstairs. was like, yeah, nah, somebody's going to go do it. I can't do it. So somebody else was like, I'll do it. He went. But my dad and my brother at the same time brought me my cl- my keys and the change of clothes. And he got, my dad gave me some money. But then like 25 minutes later, the guy went upstairs and brought my stuff down too. So I was like, <laughs> well, got my keys and some extra money. So I can't be mad. Both, got both set of keys on me. But yeah, that, up, that, that was 9-11. I mean, it, it's, it sucks. Um, yeah. the, it's next to Pearl Harbor. It's the, the, the most tragic day in American history. Mm-hmm. For casualties, um, but I mean, I I don't I don't hold ill no ill wills. I did hold ill wills to 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 Muslims for about five minutes, and then I started traveling. And then when I start, I had to go on the, propaganda, right? <laughs> then I started having to travel and then go fly planes right after nine eleven. Oh really? And I would, yeah, and then I was seeing how they were being treated, and mm-hmm. I was just like, that's fucked up. And the reason why I really started feeling that way is when people were moving me and I was getting second screen and triple screen and quadruple screen because mm-hmm. of my last name. My last name is Suggs. My last name has nothing to do, nowhere near, sounds nothing like a terrorist or anything. But for some odd reason, the last name Suggs sounded like a terrorist motherfucker. Must be an abbreviation. Because these jokers, every time I flew, I was getting triple check. Like, wow. I was like, why am I getting triple check? I've been checked. I'm a military personnel. got my ID. Why are you triple checking me? Well, it's just your name. My name is Suggs. I'm like, you. what? Is it Abdullah? <laughs> is it Mohammed? Is it Hakman? It's crazy. Suggs. Yeah. And them jokers were like, well, you know. I was just like, whatever. So I dealt with that for a little while and then finally passed and it was like, whatever. But um, I don't hold no ill will. I mean, I hold ill will to the idiots that did it, of course. But right. I'm not, I'm over that I can talk about it. I know there are people who can't. I know the people that won't talk about it. And, you know, that's to each his own. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, I definitely got some views of my own on that whole situation, but once again, I'm not where you were. Right. But um, I think we'll save that for another time. <laughs> no problem. Because that's where I would get political with you. No problem. But I'm definitely glad you um, were able to give me a little bit of insight, or a lot of insight for real, man. I mean, I already think you do amazing things now, but shit, you've really been out here. Still. I'll just say this about the military in, in closing. Mm-hmm. The military is what you make it. And I, I, I don't know, again, I got on 2006. That was 16 years ago. Mm-hmm. Literally, these, February 28th, 2006 was my last day in the Navy. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. 
I look at it this way, and I think it's still true, and it still holds and applies to today. The military is what you make it. If you make it a place where you can uh, create friendships and memories and meet new people and, and go places and do things that you probably wouldn't do any other time, mm-hmm. if, you, if you look at it from that lens, military can be a great place. Did, did you make any lifelong friends? I'm still friends with quite a few. I, I mean, I will say there are a few people that I'll probably speak to more. Um, but we probably speak to probably just on Facebook. We don't really like talk talk in, in, on the phone. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm still quite still. a I'm still friends. I'm f- quite a few of all the places that I was stationed for my first ship, my second ship, um, the Pentagon, and Guam. My last my last duty station. I'm friends with quite a few of those people. I'm you know you you. You don't have a choice but to be friends because when you are, there's only you and 300 and some odd people. Right. And y'all sitting out the sea for six months. You better make the best you of it. You got to make the best of it. Because you can, I mean, and there are people who walk around and don't be friendly. I mean, there are people who walk around who, who don't even leave the boat for six months. They'll stay on the boat and just, someone want to save money, which I get. I'm not mad at you. Mm-hmm. Some people just are not people person. They don't leave. Or they go, they might go get a bite to eat and they come right back, you know. True that. So, it's about, you know. What you make of it is how it's going to be. If you make it hell, it's going to be hell. But if you make it a place that it's fun and that uh, um, you you can do some things that you wouldn't do any other place, then it's going to be that way. And that's what it was for me. I made it what it, I made the navy what I wanted it to be. I want if it, if 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 I was a boring person, it would have been boring. But I'm a fun loving, <laughs> energetic, talkative, friendly with everybody, <laughs> and that's how I enjoyed it. I was friends with everybody. I knew. People from different boats. I wasn't predicated that I had to. You had to be from my boat that I could only talk to you. I talk to everybody. I'm hang out black, white, green, pink. Right. Uh, I don't care what. I don't care male, female. Right. That's. I never. And it'll be funny. Majority of the good people that I was friends with in the military were not black. They were white. I just maybe we looked at things differently or we looked at things the same. A lot of the black people didn't like that. Would not talk about the difference. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of black friends who did not really like hanging around white folks. There were a lot of people back in the nineties who this I mean I can totally uh, we, we, we cool this. we, we, we <laughs> cool here. But hang out with you. Date your date a white one? No, that ain't me, I didn't care. I didn't care what color you were. I right. dated anybody. I had a, the dude I'm friends with now, he used to, he thought it was a joke. He thought it was teasing me. And then one day a chick brought him down and brought him down to reality in my in my face and he had to really think about it. She was like, You're picking on him because he likes a white woman. Like, that's a problem. She was like, but yet, maybe, I can't remember exactly what she said, but she brought him to make him realize that people can love people just, because you might not have had a good experience with someone of that race. Right. Don't mean that everybody's in your shoe, and you can't put that same philosophy on somebody else. Well, they, up pretty and he was like, but, she was like, no, but with nothing. You don't like white women? Okay, don't like them. But my one time dictates this to everyone. <laughs> right. And she was like, everybody's the same. He was like, if this man wants to date every white woman, why are you, do you want, she was like, are you, that's what she said, are you secretly, do you secretly want a white, white woman? That's, that's what she asked me. That's what it She be. was like, do you secretly want a white woman? He was like, no. She's like, so why are you hating on him for liking white women if you don't want one? Because I secretly want a white woman. <laughs> and he literally, after that, he would never say it again. He never, he never commented on that. To this day, he's never brought it back up. I think she, it took a woman to break him down and be like, what's your, what, why are you making fun? Because. He doesn't. Maybe he doesn't. He doesn't have to like a black woman because he's black. Where, where does it say you're black? You got to date black. I mean, but the, I mean, it was literally like that. I mean, it was. But the, and what was funny about that was because 
his best friend was married to a white woman. He was always over. They were always having parties. We were always at their parties. And I'm like, but you don't ever clown him? It sounded more and more like he... Right, like you don't clown him? Like, this your man. He's You know who his wife is, but you ain't clowning him. So why are you clowning me? Oh, okay. That's his way of figuring it out. I never got that. To this day, I never really figured that out. I was like, how are you going to clown me, but your best friend was married to a white woman? That don't make no sense, but anyway. Well, speaking of... I don't know where I was going with that, but white women. <laughs> but, uh, all right, so last topic. This is just mm-hmm. just for fun. We'll end it here. Is, uh, how do you feel about us changing our name, Washington Redskins, to the Washington Oh, my God. Whatever. I'm... Well, we haven't had the name now. This is the second year in a row. Supposedly, supposedly Commanders. I've heard Commanders and I've heard Admirals. Um, so, this is how I look at it. Um... The Washington Redskins was what their name was for the first 42 years of my life. 40, mm-hmm. yeah, 42, because I'll be 45 this year. 32 of mine. So, when you've known a team for 42 years as the Washington Redskins, it is a little weird when you know that they're going to have a different name. Now, I will say this much. Mm-hmm. With us being called the Washington football team for the last two years, it's kind of lessen that blow of not being able to handle not being called Redskins anymore because mm-hmm. for the last two years we've been called the Washington football team. Right. So I'm I'm fine now that we're no longer the Redskins as I'm looking at what's his name from South Park with the Redskins jersey on right oh. now. I'm just, <laughs> here, yeah, I'm just sitting here looking at the Redskins with all your little pavilion in here and I'm just like yeah there's Redskins stuff. So, but yeah it's it's the blow won't be as hard now as it would have been had they came out was like, we're changing the name and this is what we're going to. Well, did you feel like it was racist? I mean, we know it wasn't like so I, I, pur- purposely racist, but... It wasn't. I don't think it was for racist. For the people that cared, what do you think? I, I think... This is how I feel. I think that if you're going to say the Redskins was a name that was derogatory or that you had a problem with, then I felt like you should have got rid of all the teams that have Indian mascots or names that are, like the Cleveland Indians are changing their names. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think that if, 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 if that's the way, because you had people who were Redskins, real Redskin Indians, mm-hmm. who were saying, I have no problem with this name. Right. It's, not, it's not offensive to me. Exactly. It doesn't bother me. Sarah and I go to a football game in Dallas to go watch the Redskins and the Cowboys play in 19, uh, 2000. And, have we just gotten married? No, it was the first year, so it was 2014, so we weren't even married yet. Mm-hmm. We went down to go watch Dallas and, and Washington play, and I'm standing, we're right across the street, and this short, and I don't know, guess she was Indian, <laughs> looked at us, and she looked at my jersey, and she goes, sir, we're not a mascot. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, damn. In Texas? <laughs> That's why I was like, wait a minute. And Sarah laughing, like, it's, it, it, it was funny. But then I had to look, and I had to stop, and I said, but you're in Texas. Like, I can see if you were a FedEx field saying right. all of this, but we're in Texas. <laughs> so you're sitting here boycotting at a Dallas-Washington game that's in Dallas. <laughs> like, I can see if you were FedEx field, but you're in at Jerry's world? Right. Come on. This is Chick, a, I'm not taking you serious. You're paid by Jerry. Get out of here. Yeah, I'm not taking, I'm, I'm not taking you serious. I'm not taking you serious no more, chick. I'm not. I'm not taking you serious. So, yeah, that's how I feel. So, my, my mentality is 
I'm glad they did it just because we don't have to hear about them. Yeah, well, I don't. I don't, like, don't want to have to I like the negative conversation. Yeah, I don't, I don't want people. Oh, I don't call them. They're the Washington football. But I personally feel like the Cowboys. It, like if you go back on history, Cowboys killed the Redskins. You know what I'm saying? So I think that's more racist or more detrimental to. Right. I, don't I mean, know. like, <laughs> wasn't there things called Cowboys and Indians back in the day? Like, yeah. And weren't the Cowboys always killing the Indians? <laughs> but you okay with the Cowboys? Being their name, but we can't be called the Redskins. Right. So yeah, I I I'm at this I'm at this at this at this point that I'm just like, I don't want no more neg. I don't want to keep hearing people talk about our name. Mm-hmm. You have half the people. You have all these people saying that it's not a problem. Yada yada yada. But y'all want to make it a problem? Just get rid of the name and just move on. But I don't know. Moving on, I. I but I don't think we're, don't, gonna, we're never going to move on because people are going to still always have their comments. Well, I just, I, I personally, I just hope it goes smooth because I feel like it can go, it can go bad. Like if they change the name to Virginia something or... Oh, if they go to Virginia, if they want to sit up there and say they're going to Virginia, oh... You might have lost me. You're yeah. going to lose me because I'm not, I'm not, yeah. you're not going to call my team, I'm not Virginia nothing. Yeah, that, that's what I'm, that's what I'm scared of. Like, yeah, if they even considered moving to freaking... Uh, Ashburn would have stayed with a Ashburn. I'm gonna tell you right now. Baltimore, Baltimore, Baltimore. Y'all got room for one more? Right. Because I'm about to switch jerseys. Fuck it. I like Lamar Jackson. Right. I'm like, I never, and it was, and that's the thing that makes it so sad. In my life, I never thought I would ever consider rooting for another team until last year. Right. And I never, I had one inkling. I was like, who could I root for? Like, who would I root for? It's a home team thing for me. I'm just like, I didn't even care about the damn mascot until everybody started caring about it. I didn't either. I was like, I don't, we didn't even really have a mascot. <laughs> right. We had the old black man who dressed up like that. Chief Ike. Chief Ike was the only. Rest ma- in peace. Rest in peace. <laughs> he was the only. I have a picture with him, too. He's the only oh, yeah. one. Yeah. He was at, uh, when I worked at the Salvation Army, right before I went to uh, work at D.C. government, he was, uh, the Redskins were doing, uh, had a preseason game. Mm. And for the preseason game, he sat up there and watched the game with the Green Turtle with us up. And um, where was I at? German title. It was a oh, German okay. title uh, uh, Green Turtle. And I was like, Chief Mike, I got to get this picture, Doc. I was like, I've seen you all my life. I'm getting this picture That's with you. Up. And so cool. he, he, very nice, very, I mean, he was about them, he was about Washington football team, Redskins. He was about, that was, he, he bled that. He talked about that. But as far as a guy that you just, he was the nicest dude. Very humble. That's what's up. Was quick to say, oh, sure, I'll take the picture with you. Let me hold the camera. No, I got it. I got it. <laughs> but it was, and then I, he got like a couple, like, I think he died that next year. And I was I had to look at mm. the picture. I was like, man, glad I got this picture. Yeah. And I'm not getting rid of it. I was like, that's, for me, that <laughs> nah, was that's our, history, right? that's, that's our mask. He was technically our mascot. He that, was. I was like, damn, this nigga literally met everybody. I was seeing everything. <laughs> like, you, you, you've been out there, but, man. But yeah, but um, I, 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 I think it's time. I mean. Like you said, the negative kind of the ne- the negative publicity that we were getting with it was just yeah. it was starting to take away from being a fan. It was just like everybody wants to talk about your name, and it was like right. Yeah, I just want to get rid of this this this. And, and what makes it so name. bad is like we still have a fucked up owner. Right. But what makes it so bad though is like no matter what we do, we're never gonna. And it goes back to what you just said, the owner. And I'm gonna be specific. So people hated about us. Well, when we first said that we were gonna change the name, everybody in the media was like, "Oh my God, they finally got their act together." They're right. Finally. But then you hear the news, and they're like, Stephen A. Smith, in particular, always talks about how he loves Chocolate City. I've seen Stephen A. Smith in Wizards game, so I know he loves coming out here. I have seen Stephen A. Smith multiple times in D.C., uh-huh. so I know he loves it out here. But people like him, they crack on, they make these little jokes about the team. Well, Washington, 
What is their name? Why would they got a name? Is it even talking about Heineken? Is it Heineken or is it Heineken? I'm like, they always see? sound like right, and it's like outsiders. It's right. It's like when y'all start doing shit like that, y'all make people want to curse y'all out. Like right. that's the reason why, like. Washington fans are the way that we are because y'all want to keep coming for us over dumb shit. Like, the dumbest shit. Right. Then y'all be like, well, when they gonna get a name? Well, motherfuckers, we already told y'all we're gonna have to go through a process because we got trade right, uh, trade right, uh, trademark infringements that we gotta be careful of. You actually hear that shit. I just don't understand how that's even a relevant question. <laughs> like, I, I hear these Cowboys fans, your team don't even have a name. Like, right. what the fuck does that even mean? You right. lost, you can't right. even be the good y'all team. Say, right, last year when we, when we had no name and we were throttling y'all, Y'all weren't talking about that. All of a sudden, y'all get good this year. Y'all beat us twice. Now y'all want to talk about me. I ain't got no name. I ain't got no name. Okay. Okay, cool. We ain't got no name. You're right. You're Dallas right. Dallas fans, man. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I'm, it's 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 long. I mean, I'm just ready for it to be done with. Yeah. I think that we'll have this first year of, of the new name. You're going to hear everybody's comments. Oh, my God. It sucks. Why'd they choose this name? I'm, it, I'm settled. Well, I was like, I wanted Red Wolves. Um, and Commanders, now that I hear it, I, I, we don't even know if this is true, right. but I'm cool with Commanders. I'm cool I'll with com- If they say Commanders or Admirals, I'm fine with either one because it's a homage to... Admirals is a little weird to me. Admirals is a little weird, but it's not weird to me because I'm a Navy guy and yeah, Admirals yeah. are Navy. So right. for me, I'd be like, that's fine, <laughs> you know. But either, either name wouldn't bother me. But of course, yeah, did I want to have the Red Wolves? I thought the Red Wolves would have been hotter. It Anything you wanted personally, like Warriors? Nah, I thought Red, Red Wolves or Red Tails were the two that I... Oh, you like Red Tails? I did like the Red Tails. Red Wolves was my number we one. We need a better owner to have Red Tails. <laughs> Considering that with the Red Tails staying for, yeah, we can't have this. Right. Because he'd be like, nah, no, nah, no, nah, that's just not... I don't watch, know. Us, watch us have it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I, um, it's going to be different. It's going to be... Yeah. It's basically like a, a new... We're relaunching our team again. It's it's like well, I mean that's the thing. I see. I don't, I'm not. I don't. I'm not one caught up on the name. It's more like I've always been watching the players, and I'm a home team guy. You know what I'm saying? But now I actually just love the team beyond yeah. being here. But I don't know. Just just watching them. I mean, we don't need. I mean, we know the history. Here. I think. I think this. I think the team has been more palpable to watch the last two years because of Ron being here. Mm-hmm. Last year, of course, COVID. Ron having cancer. <clears throat> Sucky division, and us making it at seven and nine. Mm-hmm. Um, so, even though we were seven and nine, even though we were six and eleven this year, I would say I'm the most hopeless fan though because you, seven and seven and ten. You've seven. actually seen Super Bowls. Yes, I've seen. I've them. seen them on tape, but I, I have I've literally can fan. say that I watched the last one. I was watch. As a matter of fact, the last one I watched was down the street from Sarah and our old house on Joyston Drive because mm-hmm. my aunt and uncle lived off Joyston Drive in the townhouse over there, and that's where I watched. The last Super Bowl of the Washington football team, or Redskins at that time, against mm-hmm. the Bills in 2001. And that was the very first time I ever made a sports bet. Damn, 2001? What's the No, 1995. <laughs> 1991, excuse me. 1991. Uh, that was 1992, January 1992 was the first time I ever made a freaking bet, a sports bet. I made a $25 bet that Washington was going to win the Super Bowl. This guy on my bus named Andrew was an 11th grader, white guy, looked preppy, about 17 feet tall, goofiest dude ever, too smart for his own good. And he taught much Mac, and he was like, "You bet on the team, no dad." He was like, "He was like, I had never, I had never, Rohan had never made a bet in my life." Right. And I had said, "Where am I gonna get twenty five dollars if I lose this? I ain't got twenty five dollars." <laughs> so I was sitting there, and I was like, "The whole we made the bet like he on was, a, he was, he was. We made the bet like on Wednesday, so I had Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, <laughs> or Saturday all up to the game to go." 
we got to win this game because I don't know I'm going to get 25. <laughs> like, how am I going to explain this to my father? You must have been excited that whole game. <laughs> so the game starts. Of course, we win. And I was like, I won. I won my first bet of $25. So I was like, this man, I don't give a fuck if he's 11th grade. I'm a 9th grader. Bitch, you better have my motherfucking $25. It's my money, man. Bet, get on the bus. I was like, that's my lunch money for the week. Got on the bus. It was only like, we were in Magnus. So it was only like 10 of us on the bus that rode from where we lived in Pointer Ridge to Central over by Addison Road. Hmm. So it's like three seats between me and him. And like I said, he was 17 feet tall. All I remember, I sat down. I ain't say a word to him. I didn't even look at him. I sat down. I sat in my normal sight. It was three seats between me and him always. And I sat in my seat and I turned sideways. And all I saw was this long arm go. I said, yeah. The first bad bitch. Give me that $25. Hey, that's so, yeah, that's, yeah, I've seen Super Bowls. I have, I, I, I remember all. Well, you remember, you know, my sister Serena. She was born, the year she was born was the year that they beat Denver. And as a matter of fact, she, my mom went into the hospital to give birth to my sister during the Redskins Super Bowl win that year. Oh, wow. So I remember that one because I think I watched it like 17 times because my grandfather had it on videotape and I never got to see the ending. So I always wanted to watch it from beginning to end and it took me like 100 times to finally do it, but I did it. So, But I, I saw the beginning. Yeah. I saw the halftime, but I think I fell asleep or something happened that I couldn't watch the ending, so... But I saw that um, the Ringo one. I do remember the, uh, the the Miami Dolphin one, and I do remember Ringo knocking down every Miami Dolphin scoring that touchdown. I thought that was the coolest. Those thing. Are the heydays, those days I don't know about. And I do remember, the, and I didn't watch the Super Bowl when we lost to the Raiders, but I do remember seeing the beginning of it. I didn't watch the whole game because I had to go to school, and my parents were like, "No, you gotta go to bed." <laughs> At that time, they weren't letting me stay up to watch Super Bowls. I had when I got when they got about the early nineties. By the late '80s, early '90s, I could stay up and watch Super Bowls, but yeah, that's. Damn. I I've been around. I've been around for the move to to freaking FedEx when we used to be at RFK. I was there. Uh, I went to many many games at RFK, um, especially uh, preseason games. Um, so yeah, I mean when they called Landover Raljon, which I never understood. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> Remember that shit? No. Raljon, Maryland. Where crazy. the fuck is Raljon? I used to think that was like Reagan, uh, where Reagan was or some shit. Yeah, Reagan, like, uh, Raljon, Maryland. What the fuck is Raljon? Raljon. Are we trying to not? We trying not to say Landover? Oh come on, y'all. You're in Landover. Just say Landover. I'll never forget that. They were like live from Raljon, Maryland. Raljon, Maryland. Everybody was shit. looking like. You just brought, man, that just like activated a piece of my brain that I didn't know was inactivated. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, the Washington, the Washington football team, Washington Reds, whatever, yeah. they've been a part of my life. I mean, when I left here, even when I moved to different cities, when I was in the military, even when I moved, when I got out of the military, I've always represented my colors. You're going to always see Burgundy and Go. I don't care how sucky we are, we're going to be 0 16, 0 17. I'm still going to be rubbing my team. Same I might have to do it from a distance sometimes and be like, I don't know these motherfuckers, but they still my squad. <laughs> same here, same here. They still my squad. So, yeah, yeah I'm always going to represent the home team. I, Them Cowboys got us, I say that. They got us. But, I mean, how, but, but, but here goes the thing. How enjoyable. Here goes the thing. I, I, I just want to know. That's all I want to know. So, anybody that's listening to this in, in, on Radio Land, if you are a Cowboy fan, uh, I'm sorry, but I just want to know. No, we what were y'all thinking when you ran with 14 seconds on the clock? <laughs> you think you were going to do a quarterback draw, get up, 
and get a Sprite. Man, I just want to know what y'all were drinking and thought that was going to work. I had the Price is Right music going on. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? I was sitting there going, when he ran, I was like, no, he's not. He's not running. Right. No. And I was no. talking shit the whole oh, night. I, was, I thought I, the game was over. I was quiet. Because Sarah's the face. So I was sitting there like... <laughs> Oh, I'm downstairs in the basement. You been mind? I'm in the basement. Like, how's she doing right now? She can't be well. She, I mean, she, she, she is a real. She is one of the realest cowboy fans. So she's not a Dak fan. Oh wow, that's she's never been a Dak fan. She hasn't been a Dak fan since he got there. She's never rolled with Dak. She's thought that he's. But isn't that the best thing they had so far? She thinks he's mediocre. I mean, I feel the same way. I think people really boost Dak's head. I don't really think Dak's that. I mean, he's, he's not good. the greatest. But I don't think he's he's definitely not a, he's not a, a, a not Aaron Rodgers level. Tony Romo, he, ain't, he, ain't, he ain't he's not. I think Tony Romo was better. What? I think that I think he's had better weapons. There's a difference. Mm. Romo didn't have as many weapons as as Dak has had. Okay, you make a great point. You got to think about it. Romo's biggest threat at the time was Dez. Dez. Mm. Outside of Dez, who did he have? This man, my Dak guy, Omari, Omari, CD. Gallup. He got this other dude, number one. Huh? Yeah, he got another dude. You got Zeke, and you got Pollard. Mm. And you got a freaking decent uh, 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 wide receiver, or uh, tight end. Mm. Okay, and I'll give I'll give uh, Romo, he had a decent tight end in Witten. Oh, yeah, Outside yeah. of Witten and Dez? That's the only Cowboy I like is Witten. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I really think that Dak has been given all that he can be given, and he's just, he's not done anything with it. But how it. enjoyable was it on uh, Sunday night? Oh, was it nice? <laughs> Sunday, I'm going to tell you right now how bad Let me tell you how good it was for me. <laughs> on Sunday, I watched every highlight show after the game. I wanted to watch every <laughs> I was on YouTube. I was on my phone. I was on my computer. I wanted to watch everybody's highlights. But Monday morning, oh, Martin Luther King Day, ain't no work. Oh, I'm looking at I'm looking at Stephen A. I woke up I at six. Up. Oh, I woke up at six o'clock. No, I woke up at seven so I could watch uh, 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 Keyshawn, uh, Max, and J. Will. Then I watched Get Up. Then I watched Stephen A. Then I recorded uh, uh, Shannon Sharp and, and Skip Bayless. Oh, I was watching everybody. I was watching them all. I was watching the show. Oh, if I couldn't watch you, I was going on your YouTube. I mean, oh, Bama's were putting the things on YouTube like five minutes after they finished talking. So I was on YouTube watching everything. I was like, this on TV, YouTube. TV, YouTube. Oh, I needed to get it all in because I needed to get my laughs in. Because y'all were talking about, oh, we blood, we beat the shit out of y'all. Beat y'all by 42. Bama's, y'all got one and done. For what? They one didn't, beat, the, you didn't gotta, beat anybody over 500 this year. Y'all didn't beat not <laughs> one team over 500. Not but y'all want to talk about how y'all stomped us. When half our team was on COVID, we didn't even have our own quarterback. Facts. And you want to talk about what you did to us? Mm-hmm. Man, please, don't shut up. You couldn't. You got <laughs> smoked. Debo Sanders, Sanders made y'all look like shit. That's all I know. I'll say it was a great finish to this. Oh, it was a great finish for, for me. That was how I needed to see. I needed to watch both Dallas and the Eagles lose on the same day, back to back. Watch the Eagles get destroyed by Tampa Bay, right. then cut on the game next game, and then it's Dallas losing. I couldn't go to bed any. It was a perfect end. To- it was a perfect end to the season. Yeah. I, I mean, the rest of the season is gravy. Right. Everything else is gravy. Because guess what? Ain't no team from the NFC East. I ain't got to worry about trying to get you. Because you ain't everybody on the couch. We all sit on the couch eating bonbons with our feet mm-hmm. up. Going, who you got? Who you want? Who you want bet on? That's my last question. Super Bowl favorite for you. Love on both sides. 
I like I, the underdogs. So I'm gonna say I got the Bengals. I can't do the Bengals because I'm about, I'm about, I'm, I'm, I'm all, I'm off the Joe Burrow. Everybody's on this Joe Burrow tip, and it's just annoying. Like I'm, I'm liking the Burrow and the Chase now. Oh, don't get me wrong. The Burrow and the Chase connection is great, but like he's got like a little smug, like, like I want to say, boy, you ain't. Aaron you, in this you, he does have Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> but he and it was fun, fun that you say doesn't that. deserve it yet, huh? Bingo. <laughs> That's why I'm gonna say in the NFC, I probably am gonna pull for Aaron A Rod because I just like A Rod. Now, eight, now, if Burrow's got a Super Bowl, then you can act like that. You can have some swag. True but, Bama, you ain't won nothing yet. <laughs> you, won, you played a decent game against the Raiders. You just got your leg back. <laughs> and, you might, and, right, and you might have won two games. But just as, look, at the, look, at, look at the Cowboys. It, it looks good. In the, oh, right. in the, you got one win. Right. Now, what you going to do now? You got a big game coming up next. You, you ain't playing no slouch. So we'll see. You know they got the bills. Right? Yeah, they got the bills. Mm, I think if you if I was to say who I would like to see, I would probably say I would like to see the Packers for sure in the NFC. I I I, I like a Rod. Um, I think that's a shoe in. I'm not. A, I mean, and plus he's he's always getting to the. He's only had one Super Bowl. He's gotten to the championship multiple times and just yeah thrown up on himself. So I'm gonna say a Rod and the Packers on the NFC and the AFC is it's a toss up. Because if A Rod can get there, I'm like I would like to see him and Mahomes go against each other. But at the same time, I think I would like to see the Bills and the Packers play each other. I agree. I agree. I would like to see. I don't. I mean, if if the Bengals were to get there, I mean, I'm not going to be opposed to that. But if you were to ask me who would I like to see, I would probably say the Bills and the Packers because I think they both have great offenses and great defenses. Mm-hmm. But if you were to say my dream matchup would probably be. Mahomes versus uh, A-Rod. I got a weird one. Rams and Bengals. I didn't even watch the game last night, but I just... Oh, it was a waste of time. <laughs> I, I watched the, I watched the halftime and was like, I'm going to bed. I actually watched... I started watching Netflix. Um, yeah, I mean... The, the, and I don't the, think there's an underdog in the NFC right now. I think the NFC is going to win the Super Bowl pretty much. But Yeah, I think... I don't know. If Cincinnati gets there, it depends on who they go against. If they had to go against, if they had to go against the Rams or San Francisco, I would give it to them. But if they got to go against Tom San Brady, probably the underdog. If anything, oh, if, if anybody's an underdog, it's it's San Francisco. They are probably the biggest underdogs of anybody. Mm. But they've shown that they can beat Green Bay. Green Bay is zero and three against them, or Arod is zero and three. Didn't it make you them. sad that Kyle Shanahan? Well, a lot of these motherfuckers, Kyle Shanahan, um, the Rams coach. Oh, he's a Redskins coaches. Uh, and fucking um, Green Bay. All of these motherfuckers are right well, back Matt in LaFleur the playoffs was, again. Well, Matt LaFleur wasn't going to be. I mean, Matt LaFleur was a quarterback coach. So he, oh, wasn't, okay. he wasn't. But it's just crazy McVay, how they all were on our team. McVay kind of. Um, Kyle, no. Because Kyle, I'm glad Kyle. Nah. You don't fuck with Kyle? After Kyle, like after Kyle gave up twenty eight points, after you had twenty eight point lead, you were offensive coordinator. If your team got was up twenty eight nothing, and then you lose, I can't fuck with you, dog. I cannot fuck with you. I cannot. True I don't man. give a fuck, man. I'm sorry, Kyle. I mean, I I know Kyle can coach. I think he comes from a great tree with his father and and, and the, the that zone run that they that they use. Yeah, I think that he's great at it. But well, I didn't see it while he was here. Well, I saw some hints. Yeah, it, it's oh, yeah. Kyle. You just like I wouldn't want Dan Quinn or Kyle Shanahan nowhere near my team. You both were on the same team that was up twenty eight nothing and got and lost 
Oh, it wasn't like oh Atlanta. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. It would okay, be okay. different. <laughs> it would be different if it wasn't a Super Bowl. It was a regular season game. Okay. No. That is the entire the world watch you implode. Super Bowl. Yes. You were up twenty to nothing. The entire country, <laughs> along with the world, watch your behind. No, I don't want to No, I don't fuck with Kyle. No. <laughs> well, I mean, to his defense, not like I'm a big fan, but to his defense, he's offensive. You don't Do give not. Up. <laughs> he should have made. You could have figured out some offense. You scored twenty eight. You couldn't have got. You couldn't have got fourteen more. Right. You couldn't have found some field goals. You couldn't have found twenty eight points in this playbook, sir. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I can't. So, like, like McCarthy, the Cowboys coach. I would like if they, they would be like he's coming to Washington. Who's coming to Washington? McCarthy. <laughs> when he leaves, I'll be back with the team because I'm gonna take a break when he comes Damn. to the team. I wouldn't. Roll, no, I couldn't fuck with him. I ain't got no thought on him. But yeah, I mean, yeah, it's 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 fucked up to see other coaches doing well that used that were coordinators here. It it, it yeah. sucks, but it goes back to your point. We have a fucked up owner. Yeah. So. And nothing we can do about that. We can't get rid of him. They can't fire him. So. Stuck like Chuck. Yeah. <laughs> so it is what it is. Well, man, I appreciate you coming on the show. Anytime, man. man. This was fun, man. Yeah, this was yeah. fun. This was Definitely fun. Definitely, uh, hopefully, could do it. More. Oh, hey, I would love to do it again. We can <laughs> let you get a little political. <laughs> yes, hear yes. Your political side. Yes, and, I, I wanted an introduction before we get. No, there. that's fine. Yeah. Oh, because I mean, trust me. What people don't understand is you would be surprised at my 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 political views because uh, even though I was in the military, that uh, my my political views are like. Mm, not of someone who you would think would be in the military. I'll put it to you that way. Okay. My, my, well, my views are, are, even though I was in there, doesn't mean that I, everything. Well, I, I've definitely heard hints that you yeah, definitely you, weren't yeah. on the same. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah we definitely yeah, didn't get more. We, but, as you heard, yeah, there are certain people <laughs> that I wasn't on board their teams. Well, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I, that's how I look at it about the military, too. There were certain things that I was for that I was good with, and. Some things that I just thought were fucked up, and you know, yeah. so. But yeah, we could definitely have a second part two to that and have that the the that conversation. Not, yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, I hope you had fun here. I did, man. It was a great time, man. That's a bet. I had did too, and um, well, thank you for the service, even though you just. Ah, it's, all go to it's, all it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. It's all good. It's yeah, all thank good. you for your service. I mean, the country thanks you, and you know what I'm saying. Uh, I thank you. You no know problem. what I'm saying. No and, problem. I just want to let you know you're a dope individual, man. Keep doing what you're doing out here. And, I appreciate uh, it, boss. Uh, hopefully, people who know to check out your Ace Lighting on Ace Facebook Lighting or on Facebook. Chris Suggs on Facebook, whichever. Chris Suggs on Christopher Facebook. Christopher Suggs. Yeah. Sorry. All right, man. We'll All catch. Right. Uh, we'll get up. Yes, Thanks sir. a lot. Appreciate it, boss. <laughs>